podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Welcome to episode 381 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Becky Foster, hello everybody. And Matt Foster, hello everybody. Hello, hello one and all. We hope you are all safe and well. Uh, coming up on this week's show, it is a review of 2010. Goodbye 2010. Fuck yourself. 24 hours time. Trump's no longer going to be president. I'm kind of thinking we might have some breaking news about people he's going to fucking pardon during the show so that's going to be something um I'm going to step in with a quick edit we are reviewing 2020 not 2010 guys did i say 2010 yeah you did yeah pretty sweet all right 2020 what happened in 2010 obama was president it was a simpler time ian it was a simpler time tom hooper fucked david fincher over for best director he did indeed we could do a retrospective review of 2010. No. Not right now. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for long-time listeners, format's going to be pretty much the same as it usually is uh, for those uh, where it's the first uh, kind of year-end review. Uh, we have got our top 10 uh, films of the year. We've got our bottom... Uh, I've, I've got a bottom 10. Uh, I don't know about anybody else. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, and we've also got our top five um, surprises and uh, kind of top, I suppose, disappointments. Uh, top five disappointments as well. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Film Bastards. Um, the Titanic commentary was out there. New Fincher Club in the next couple of weeks, I would imagine. Yep. What's yep. Uh, it is, I believe, it is Panic Room. Room. Yeah. And Zodiac. Zodiac. Nice. Yeah, it's a good double that. Uh, yeah, look forward to that. I'm saying that's a double because we release them singly. When we record them, we record them as doubles, don't we? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Absolutely. People are a bit confused, going, "Well, what? are they doing two at once?" No, oh. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Um, after that, I think the Michael Mann marathon that we did a poll for about nine months ago uh, will uh, also commence. Yeah. And we also want to do our commentaries of the films that were rated F uh, on Cinema Score at some point as well, because there's some fucking beauties in there. Oh, there's some there's some choice cuts in that motherfucker. And we need yeah. to learn how to play the Resident Evil board game. We, yeah, we, we 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 what we need to do is start doing shit. What 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 Mark needs to do, considering bless him, he's furloughed at the moment is learn the Resident Evil board game and then talk us through it. No, 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 no. Why? That is not a good idea. Why? Mark doesn't really read instructions. I do. Mark scans instructions, assumes he knows what what he's supposed to do, and then just goes from there. And then <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, we could get halfway through the game and be like, so, uh, why has the game just stopped? Ah, uh, that, that, that other dice is for something, actually. Yeah, it is. It's not just a spare. Not just a fair dice. Mark once made stuffing, like back in our. This was a long fucking time ago. <laughs> okay. Back, back, back in our, our younger days, before we were like cook everything from scratch, bastards. Um, Mark decided to make me a Sunday dinner, and he decided to make me like Paxo stuffing. But he he put it he got got it out, weighed it out, put it in the oven, there, got it out, looked like goldfish food, and it was like. Matt, what's what's going on with this stuff in? Oh, like, yeah. I followed the instructions, and then I was like, "Did you add? Did you add the water? I'm supposed to add water." Yeah, Matt, you don't just put the powder in a pan and put it in the in, oven. In, in my defence, there's kind of no defence there, mate, unless the, the packaging spontaneously combusted and you had to wing it. In my defence, <laughs> right? What happened was. I read the instructions for doing it in the oven. You still put water in it? You still have to put water in it, though. I missed the, I missed, right, the see instructions as above, and then there was the, what is it, after it. So you didn't read the instructions then, mate? No. Kind of not, no. But no, it's not, there's no kinder about him. I'm sorry, Mark. Like I still claim that this is actually Paxil's fault. I would, dis- what? I would disagree on that. Well... I agree to disagree. No, do not accept that. Well, unless I'm fucking making you stuff in. I, I think she'll be glad of that, mate, to be fair. We don't really pack so anymore, do we? No, I mean, make it from scratch now. Yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, because I still think I'd make it wrong. I, I would also like to point out, I can't use a microwave. No, but I think that's a well, well-known well factoid about Matt Foster. I think it's a little bit now, yeah. yeah. Can't use them. Don't trust them. Terrify me. They do, don't they? Yeah. Our microwave, I don't know whether this is the same of all microwaves now, and they've just got past there, you can't put metal thing in it. But our microwave, you can put metal in, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like 
Yeah, because I put something really? in a little dish one time and it, you were like, don't fucking do that, it'll explode, and got really like freaked out. No, you can't. You can. Fuck off, you can't. You can. Bollocks. It's in the destruction. Can you put metal in microwaves? In general, putting it in metal in the microwave is unsafe. Not because you are at risk of bodily harm, but because it could potentially destroy your microwave. It's like some weird fancy fucking microwave that my parents got us. And you can put metal in it. Uh, well, I won't put anything in it because I don't use it. No, you don't. No. So It maybe... doesn't get an awful lot anyway, does it, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, listeners, can you tweet us at Film Bastards and confirm whether there are actually microwaves that... Um... Uh, that uh, accept metal willingly. I need. I kind of need to know, but I. I'm worried about the holes I could go down if I Google too much about putting metal in things. Um. The instructions for that. Yeah. Why? I fucking don't believe it. I won't believe that either. Uh, okay, film news, um, if there is any. Um, ben Affleck and Anna de Armas broke up. Um, uh, well done them on hopefully having some fun together. Hope nobody got to her and interested to see who they get with next, I suppose. He's so infinitely memeable, though, isn't he? Have you seen the picture doing rounds of like them, someone taking a big cardboard cut out of her to Apparently the Apparently that was Casey. Like taking it out. That was oh, who right. was doing it. Was it? Apparently, yeah. Fuck it. Oh, Casey Affleck puts woman in bib. Jesus Christ, Casey. <laughs> Almost spat my beer out there. Good work. Um. Yeah. Um. I. I you know. Hey. There you go. I hope they had fun. Um. And even though it made me laugh, it was like a quote from like a friend or something saying that they're at different points in their lives, and it's like, well, yeah, you can quite easily point out how they're at different points in their lives one is much closer to the, gra- the grave than the other <laughs> yeah. um well you'd think so anyway i mean god i'm not wishing any fucking harm on either of them but you know uh anyway um sorry pretty dark that yeah no i know uh, i'm gonna move on a dark I'm... dark place <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm gonna move on um i'm very fond of ben affleck he's a birthday brother um and <laughs> Anna de Armas, I'm just very fond of. So, um, I don't think there's been much else because I think everybody just wants to get Biden inaugurated and then the the world can hopefully keep on spinning. It's a little bit like that. It is a bit like if everyone just stands still and we get to Thursday without anything too fucking horrific happening, then we can just put all this to bed and start getting on with life. Yeah, yeah. Even though I, I, I will just say that the ins, insurrectionist who has been arrested and charged with stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop because she wanted to, and then she wanted to sell it to a friend of hers who was in Russia, who was then going to basically give it to the Russian Secret Service. I, um. The whole idea that that woman thought that she was a patriot, um, that's <laughs> very, very, very funny. Or 
some bizarre four-dimensional chess that I can't get my head around. I'm pretty sure it's the former. But that shit. That and that one guy who wouldn't eat anything in prison, his mum told the press, because they didn't serve anything organic. Yeah, because because it didn't uh, fit into his shaman dietary requirements. Um, Incredible. Incredible. Um, What a bunch of fucking morons. And... I hope they get the book thrown at them. It really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, I, I feel sorry. I, I feel sorry for them in a human way that they were taken in by what Trump was saying. But at the same time, fuck off. And let's leave that there. So we haven't got any trailers this week. Um, I thought there was kind of some rumblings of the Mortal Kombat trailer coming out because there were. Yeah. There we were screenshots. No, never happened. Ooh, there, was there, was, there was one trailer, actually. Oh, go on. The new um, Rosamund Pike uh, film. Oh, yeah. Which is, is it Because I Care? We Care A Lot. We Care A Lot, that's it. I can't remember what it's called, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, 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 very much up for that movie. Yeah, of I course you are. Cannot wait for that uh, movie. I, yeah, I mean, you you two aren't going to be watching it at the same time, are you? I mean, I can, I can appreciate a bit of Rosie Pike. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can appreciate it, but I mean, Mark's just going to be like a dog on heat. It's it's going to be it's going to be epic. Are we allowed to talk about something not film related but trailer related? What is it? Oh. TV. No. Doctor Who. Although good news about Doctor Who. What? She's leaving, isn't she? Okay. Um, no Resident Evil Village. Oh, oh, there's a trailer for that, is there? Um, there's like a a, a little like gameplay theme jig about it, but then I think there's like a showcase for it. Um, this week, maybe the twenty second or something. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, oh. there's like a little kind of mini trailer that's been put together, and everyone's everyone's very excited because there's a very tall lady. And oh, is that the tall vampire lady or something? Yeah. 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 Resident Evil showcase event set, set for later in January. It did so with a short video that included snippets of gameplay. The plot sounds quite interesting as well. It's the it's the two characters from Biohazard. Mm. Um, have like moved on with their lives and then shit happens. Zombie shit. Zombie shit happens. Yeah. Why not? But but there's like vampires and werewolves and shit in this one, isn't there? Like it sounds. Very random. Don't know. I just want to play it. <laughs> That's fair. I'm very excited about it. I am I am sorely tempted, depending on when the release date is, to just play all of them through again. My God. Fair right. point. I'm just fair this point. could be this could be the release if it's PS5 only that, that gets me into getting a PS5. I will have this on the day of release. I remember them saying that they're looking at if they could make it work on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but they're not promising anything. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, No way I'm ever playing it, but I look forward to your thoughts. (laughs) Fair enough. No, No fucking way. Right, so, without further ado... And also, yeah, Jodie Whittaker leaving Doctor Who, I will just say, 
I don't think it's her fault, but this late that like Chris Shibnall, not a great showrunner. Um, companions have been wet blankets, and yeah, leave it there for me. What what I would say very quickly on it from somebody who has watched like four episodes of Doctor Who ever and thinks it's absolute not my bag is what I would say there. Um, but as a complete outsider, I wouldn't be able to name anybody who played her companions at all, and I wouldn't have been able to say that about any of the other Doctor Who's. So none of them have, none of them have, have reached out beyond that that universe. That, that the fans there well you'd know one of them because he was an established name before he became a, a companion because bradley walsh is in it i wouldn't have known that was a companion or anything like that no. I, I, I i didn't even know he was in it yeah john, john bishop's going to be in the next series as well as a companion apparently john bishop the uh liverpoolian comedian yeah okay so there we are let's fuck all that off and talk some films so <laughs> Let's do a few of the early top tens. What, what, so, what, what we usually do is, but don't we? Don't we usually do ten, nine, eight, and yep. then we do our disappointments. Yeah. And then we do um, seven, six, five, and then we do our surprises, uh, and then four, three, two, and then our worst, worst of. of, and then our number unos. Number unos. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So, Bex, let's turn it to you first. Now, do you have any honourable mentions or a top 20 or anything like that before we have your top 10? No, I stuck to the rules. Okay. What's your 10? Okay, my number 10 is I'm thinking of ending things. Don't swear at me. I really liked I'm thinking of ending things. I liked the tone of it. I liked what it was doing. I liked it. So fuck off. That's fine. It is, it is your list and you are allowed to drop it. It's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing okay. my 10, 9, 8? No, no, no. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll spin it around. Mark, uh, have you got anything other than the 10? Um, there's there's a few, but I think what I'll probably do is I'll maybe do them at the at the end before we do our number one. Uh, do them now. Do them now. All right, I'll do them now. Um, I'm oh. the host, damn it. Actually, I kind of do have an honourable mention because yeah, on, it, I, it, there's a film I really enjoyed, but it just didn't quite squeak into my top ten, and that would be Wolfwalkers. The animation's no. beautiful, but the, like I said to you before, the the scripting just wasn't quite there for me. Fair enough. But it looks gorgeous. So. Ah, cool. Um, if if I'm being short on Wolfwalkers, it's just because it'll be coming up later. That's all. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my so my oral mentions uh, would be um, Palm Springs. Would be an honorable mention. Yeah. It's just outside that my my top ten. Um, the um, I there's a couple that I didn't include in my top ten that might have snuck in, but there's a reason why I didn't include them, and this is a personal choice. It's not a I'm not going to push this choice on anybody else. But um, I've had personal, I, I wouldn't have counted Hamilton in any of this because for me it was a a recording of a Broadway, what is it, rather than a film. So I'd also, by that token, I've also discounted the Beastie Boys story because of the same thing and American Utopia because of the same thing. 
and I would have felt hypocritical to have put either of them. So Beast Boy Story and uh, American Utopia are both included in that. I'm not saying that anybody else can't put them in their list. It's just from a personal preference point of view. Out of interest, obviously, more aimed at Ian than anyone else. Is American Utopia going to come up? Yes. That's fine. I won't, I won't say anything. Um, Possessor is also on my honourable mentions, uh, as is Mank. Uh, and um, never really, sometimes always, which we watched last night. But I think that might come up. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I, I I want to put across a couple of issues, but they're not like major issues. Oh my fucking god! But I, I'll bring them up when 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 if they come up later on. But it's not like major issues. It's real minor little like niggles that I'm going to get told off about. Watching this film with Mark was fucking torture. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, we'll talk about it later, but oh God, okay, I'll yeah. strap in. Um, there's a couple of other ones uh, that, that, that'll, that'll come up, but they'll come up in different lists is what I'll say there. Um, so my number 10 is uh, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. Uh, kind of seems like, it, because it came out in August, uh, was it August it was, wasn't it? July, I think. July. Because it came out in that period uh, where um, cinemas weren't quite open again yet. Um, and, it, you know, and the fact is that 2020 was both the shortest and longest year in recorded history. It, it almost seems like Defy has kind of forgotten about it a little bit. Mm. Um, to the point of where I actually forgot about it a little bit. Um, and then when I was formulating the list, it kept moving up and up and up and up and up. It's um, really weird for me that one because every time I think about it, I'm just like, yeah, it's all right, but it's just a bit meh. But I think it's it, it's a mixture of the fact that it's it's very entertaining. Mm. Um, it's it, it's at points actually really quite funny. Um, but also it's it's got an element of social commentary on it that I think makes more sense now mm. even than it did at the time. Uh, and it's only six months old. Um, Daryl Lindo, I think, is is definitely going to get a nomination. I think he he could be a strong contender to actually win Best Actor. I think he deserves special like extra credit as well. This film for for bringing that Daryl Lindo video back into mm. like circulation and like everyone's seen it now. Yeah, and it, it's but it's it's just very 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 good, very entertaining. Um, is it as good as Black Landsman? No, but I don't think it needs to be. Um, and the the interesting filmmaking flourishes that Spike Lee can have that if other people were using them, they might seem a little bit student filmy, but Spike Lee does it with such a finesse and class and a way that makes perfect sense. So, for instance, having the fact that all the older actors are playing the characters in the flashbacks mm. and Chadwick Boseman is young, it, 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 it's young mm. because well he never came back he never got a chance to get old yeah. it's just a wonderful touch for it and it's a really clever uh bit of filmmaking that you look at and go why the fuck hasn't anyone thought of that before it's so obvious that it's there now yeah. but it's just it, it just took someone with spike lee's balls and brain to go look i'm gonna do that so yeah the five bloods is my number 10 yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting because the 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 root like the thinking was that Netflix were going to be welcomed back into Cannes if it happened this year, and the Five Bloods would have played Cannes and then would have come out on Netflix in July. So 
the timing there would have made a bit more sense as it is it feels weird that because when they when they announced it was coming out in july my thinking was oh does that mean it's a bit shit then yeah you know like um, but i think it was no they wanted it to play at can then come out a couple months later and you know which is a shame and yeah i mean delroy lindo is going to be interesting because it's like does he split the vote between Chadwick Boseman and um, Kingsley Benadir for One Night in Miami or something like that, you know. But I, I, I think it's, I think it's Chadwick Boseman's best actor Oscar to lose. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's a shame because, you know, Delroy Lindo getting a fucking Oscar would be something. Yeah, but, unless they yeah. put him for best supporting. Yeah, I don't know. It's just he. This is the thing. It's like, is I'd I'd say there's more. Frankly, I think Chadwick Boseman is more deserving a best a best supporting actor for Divide Bloods than he is best actor for Mar Rainey's Black Bottom. Agree. Um, you know, yeah, like it's that he's got a couple of real standout bits in in Divide Bloods, which he's got standout bits in Mar Rainey's Black Bottom, but they feel like they were designed to be standout bits, and they don't with Divide Bloods. It feels like it's just. M- the character and the narrative marlene's black bottom it does feel like if it was on stage the spotlight would go down on him and he what spotlight would go down on him the spotlight would shine on him yes um yeah um and uh yeah it it, it, you know and and, yeah i mean that, that that's it i just think it would work better but yeah um so i i did a top 20 as is my custom um i will say hamilton I haven't included on there because it is a, a stage recording. American Utopia is coming up. And I will just say with that, I think that Spike Lee does enough in there to make it um, a closer to a film uh, so than so it so is yeah. a recording of a stage performance. And I, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. But I think to avoid my own hypocrisy. No, I, it's fine. I, no I, it's it's yeah i i get why you're saying that dude and it's 100 subjective it's it's but that's my reasoning for why american utopia yes hamilton no um but i really really fucking like hamilton um so my number 20 is mank 19 wonder woman 1984 um in the parlance of our times don't at me <laughs> i mean you know you can have a conversation with me about Wonder Woman 1984 if you want, I suppose. I just don't think I'd be very interested in having it at this point. I like it. Uh, 18 is Nomadland. Uh, 17, Host. 16, Birds of Prey. 15, Bad Boys for Life. Uh, 14, Extraction. Kind of feel like that's that's been forgotten a bit. But hey, Chris Hemsworth was in a Netflix action film, which fucking slapped. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what's this? 13? Yeah. 13 to five bloods uh 12 american utopia or david burns american utopia i think if i if i was if i liked talking heads and david burn more in terms of like relationship with their music i think that would be that would be much higher but if we're just skimming over american utopia then because it's not coming up in yours and yours you're just doing like yeah 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 go on go on bex yeah please how fucking annoyingly happy was everybody in that fucking thing? No, that's what I liked about I it. I loved it. Those two dancers in the face, you know, especially the, the dude. It, it was it was just a nice little slice of joy. I thought David Byrne was great. I thought David he was always great. 
but and you know what the musicians were bad it was just the dancers they were just they were just so stage school dancers it was it was like i know but it was just oh it made, it made me cringe it made me die a little bit inside i realized i liked it apart from them because i liked everything he was doing and all the music and everything was was great well mine never really probably seem a little bit you know less stupid now not really at all dickhead um i will say the, the one thing that annoyed me about american utopia the bottom right when when there's a shot of like face on the stage and you've got like the front row of the crowd in the bottom in the bottom right for a few of the first songs before the crowd all just kind of decide to stay standing up for the whole thing there's yeah. one guy who stands up and he's waving his fucking arms about and doing all sorts of shit bugged the shit out of me yeah it, it, it's almost like somebody went up to him and just tapped him with fucking doing that yeah i didn't know it yeah i did <laughs> oh it was particularly early on, yeah. but then it seemed like the crowd just kind of decided to stay stood up for the whole thing. Um, so it, it didn't seem to notice it as much. But yeah, American, it's great, though, is American Utopia. Fair play. Um, and my number 11, uh, as Mark had it just outside his top 10 as well, Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah that was my number 11 as well. Uh, nice. So my number 10 documentary that came out before the bad times on Netflix I think it's been a little bit forgotten, quite frankly. Miss Americana, the Taylor Swift documentary. Um, I, I, you know, obviously I, uh, I very much like Taylor Swift. I like her music. I thought this was a really interesting insight into a woman who loves her fans and whatnot, doesn't necessarily like the press, doesn't necessarily, hadn't necessarily talked publicly all that much about what her opinions were about things learning to do so um and learning to kind of have a voice outside of her music and not worry about that um I, I i thought it was insightful you know it's obviously made with her cooperation and whatnot so you know and you know it's not going to be particularly digging dirt or anything but I thought as an examination of someone who's lived their life in the spotlight and never re and, and people just assumed what she thought, like people just thought that she was basically a Republican and really into Trump and whatnot. And then when she actually come like comes out, and it's like, no, fuck that. Um, you know, it did kind of tick my boxes a bit there, you know. So, um, yeah. And also, like I say, I think it's been a little bit forgotten and you know almost because she's had a, a that woman's had a very good 2020 but like professionally you know like she's had a really busy year and this was like you know it played Sundance in January it came out on Netflix really shortly after and uh yeah I I I really I, I really liked it and I think you don't necessarily need to be a fan of Taylor Swift to get something out of it either which is the sign of a good documentary I still haven't seen it, and that's just literally because when it came out, literally like weeks later, the world collapsed, and I I, I forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I get to that at some point very soon. I don't know, it, it's interesting because it starts with her not being super happy about the reception to her Reputation album and like the sales and whatnot, but then like the arc of the of it is her kind of learning to fall uh, back in love with music and like i say 
learning to have a voice which is more than just the the tabloidy bullshit um like there's a there's a good arc in there i think so uh yeah i mean i i i, I yeah i i recommend it what can i say it's my number 10 of the, the fucking year so yeah i'll definitely get that list great stuff uh right bex uh back around to you bud what's your number nine uh so my number nine is mangrove um obviously this as, as part of a conversation it, it is going to get lumped in with trial of chicago 7 because they did come out relatively close to each other didn't close they? Ago, yeah. um and similar kind of thematically with the whole kind of courtroom thing and the certain nasty undertones that are that are in there um but mangrove for me is 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 the superior film because i think it gives you an awful lot more background um to their lives to the story to the situations around it 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 feels more fleshed out to me and less stylistic mm-hmm. gosh, look at this does in this call mm. it's it's more it's 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 realer yeah. and it just it you kind of you kind of feel that claustrophobia and the panic and stuff like that of being in that situation with them in a way that i think chicago 7 because it's it's so slick you don't it's got that hollywood sheen that takes away from the real yeah absolutely the reality of it yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree on that it, it, it will come later will it it will yes <laughs> it will indeed your number nine mark my number nine is i didn't think you liked it i did i really liked it okay. um my like it is a film that has just kind of stuck with me as just I think it's going to go into the future rotation. I've just been a bit of a comfort watch for me in the sense that I just enjoyed watching it an awful lot. And it, it's kind of still stuck in my brain. So my number nine is uh, Sophia Coppola's On the Rocks. Fair play. Okay. Um, just in the sense that it's, it, I know it, it, it isn't an all in one night movie, but it almost feels like an all in one night movie. Mm. Um, where you've got um, a character in Bill Murray who is he's trying to put all these things together and I, I know this and I know better and essentially all it is is it's just a guy wanting to spend a bit more time with his daughter mm. and sees a way to, to do it mm. and it, it's almost like he's he's everyone's best friend but he's never worked out how to be his daughter's best friend and it's because she doesn't want a best friend. She wants a dad. Mm. And that's why he's never worked that out. Um, but it's it's fun. It's it's amusing. Um, Bill Murray's in great Bill Murray form mm. um, with it. And I, I just had a really nice time watching it. And just him bipping around in a sports car. Just Bill um, Murray. Yeah, just essentially Bill Murray. Just, like, yeah. just, just making her drive so he can have um, caviar. It, it it's just it's almost like he's he's pulled a character out of out of nowhere. He's made a charming character out of a, a, a composite of personality traits that really shouldn't be. Yeah, charming. it should be charming. Yeah. it's a it, it, it's yeah, that's exactly it. Betsy, yeah, there's no point me trying to explain that better. Um, so yeah, but yeah, on the rocks, it's I, I have this weird little sense of like dread at the fact that this might get taken off Apple TV and then what what happens? Where does it go? I think you'll be all right, as long as you keep on paying that sweet, sweet subscription. Yeah, it, it'll just continue existing. 
So yeah, so uh, Bottle of the Rocks is my number nine. I I reckon Apple will get on the Criterion train like Netflix have. Yes. They'll 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 let them release stuff. I think. Like yeah. I I think there'll be enough Apple stuff that will be Criterion worthy. Um. So yeah. My number nine is Eurovision, the story of Fire Saga. <laughs> Fair um, enough, mate. What, what I will say is, it is my. It, it, it might come up again later on, but it okay. is my number nineteen. Nice. I so again, like Miss Americana, I'm in the tank for Eurovision. Like I fucking love the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, I I I I, I honestly do, and not ironically. I think it is such a lovely celebration of people just coming together and wanting to fucking sing songs and just do so in like the most just fuck it. Let's just go out and do this way. Um, Literally, like we were planning on having a Eurovision party last year. We're like hopefully going to have one this year. I'm going to I'm going to fucking dress up like a member of Lordy. I can't wait. Um, You're a complex chap, aren't you, Ian? I, you know, but it just, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I fucking, I love Strictly. I love Eurovision. It, it's uncynical. Let's put on a show stuff. You know, I really, I just, I really like. And Eurovision came at, I mean, it was bizarre that they didn't put this out on the weekend that the Eurovision Song Contest was supposed to happen. They yeah. debuted the video for Volcano Man that weekend, but that was it. Um, and I'm, I'm sure these kind of like releases are, are agreed far in advance and they didn't want it to conflict or anything. But I, you know, I, I literally this morning I was listening to uh, the Awards Chatter podcast, which The Hollywood Reporter put out. And they had like an over hour long conversation with Will Ferrell. And it was really good, like talking through his career and whatnot. And they're talking about Eurovision. And he was like, I've been trying to get this made for 20 years. <laughs> like my wife is Swedish. Every year we go to Sweden. I love the Eurovision Song Contest, you know, and he wanted to make a film which celebrated the contest but, you know, also it's a Will Ferrell movie. And I think it it's really successful in both aims. The songs all feel like songs that could appear in Eurovision. I fucking pray. Eurovision's going to happen this year. They're, they're, even if they have to, like, fucking stream the performances from other places. It is happening. They've confirmed it. I fucking pray that there is, there are some songs from the film during like the bit where they're uh, tabulating the votes and stuff. Like if Will Ferrell comes out and, and Rachel McAdams, I mean, it wasn't her doing the singing in the film, but fuck it. If it was her, that'd be fine as well. If they come out and do Volcano Man, like I'm like, I will be laughing and crying. I will be a mess. If they do, um, oh God, I can't, I can't pronounce the name. It's the song they do at the end um, about their hometown. If they do that, I will be crying. If Dan Stevens came out and did um, Lion of Love, 
again, it's not him doing the singing in the film, but I want him to do it at the Eurovision Song Contest. It just, yes, the film is long, but I don't care. I'd watch it for four hours. Um, I really, really fucking like Eurovision. And that coming, you know, when lockdown was, was you know, still biting it, biting in, it's what was it's what was needed. It's it's like why I'm so fucking glad that Strictly happened this year and there was only one couple that had to leave because of COVID. You know, like there are people out there, including me, who fucking needed that. And I fucking needed Eurovision. I will watch Eurovision the night before Eurovision every fucking year until the year I die. Draw up. It it, it 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 will come up not in my top ten, but it does come up later on. Um, but what I really, really like about it, uh, that I'll say now, is it, it manages to have all of the um, the fun of of Eurovision of going. Look, we know this is a little bit ridiculous without ever at any point poking fun at it. It yeah. wasn't. It was yeah. laughing along with it. Sincere. Right, yeah, exactly. Since it rather, it's rather very than very earnest, rather yeah. than, 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 than putting it in a corner and going, <laughs> "Look at this thing over here, yeah. let's mock it," and, and and I think Will Ferrell's very good at that, at that brand of comedy of being able to be something where he, it's never mean spirited, his comedy. No, no, and I, I, I will also say as well, Rachel McAdams getting to do a second, essentially, "Oh no, he died." in two comedies is uh is is a treat um oh and also yaya ding dong is the best yeah it's magnificent uh, uh, oh god it i kind of think it should be higher (laughs) sorry go on in it, it just it's it's the highest comedy of the year for me i'll say that this year has not been great for comedies probably for good fucking reason quite frankly even though no then again it would have been nice to have more laughs but just oh it came at such a good time sorry bex go ahead no i was just going to say just a tangent very quickly for one second because i need to share this pain with you both hmm. i had to ring ikea this morning you reminded me of this with you saying about sweden and i was on hold for an hour and their hold music is literally just ABBA's greatest hits. And then between every track, it doesn't like cut in to any of the tracks. It's between every track. It does the whole thank you for holding your call is important. Please continue to hold. And then it's just a whole other ABBA track. I was walking around my work, putting logs in places and lighting fires and stuff. Just just with the hold music playing. I drove to work with it playing through the speakers, just singing along to ABBA. ABBA are quite a joyful band, are they? Maybe yep, you want to watch yep. Mamma Mia. Here we go again, 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 again. Fucking right. Fucking right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, slight tangent, but it was, yeah, relevant-ish. <laughs> Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again was involved in my best day of having to quarantine when I had COVID. Um, <laughs> I was already fond of that film, but I've only got the best memories now. Um, I w- Just Ikea, whenever I think of Ikea now, um, I don't know whether I've ever, uh, if I've told you guys this, but... Um, and I won't say too much about my job, but IKEA are a client of ours, and I had to do some work on a system where people can uh, ask chat, like virtual assistant chat queries, um, for the IKEA scheme. I, I I will leave it as vague as that, um, and I could not get the chatbot 
to stop responding in caps lock IKEA to anything I typed in for about an hour one day. Oh yeah. <laughs> like literally any question I asked it, it just come back in caps lock IKEA. Um, and yeah, that's just whenever anybody says Ikea now, I just think of that time, which one of my colleagues, bless her, loves to remind me of, um, (laughs) and she just finds it fucking hilarious. She's not doing it to annoy me. Um, but yeah, anyway, Ikea. So, uh, yeah, my number nine is Eurovision and uh, actually on this one, don't at me. Um, (laughs) Oh, no, you can at me. I'm just going to tell you that you're wrong and you need to watch it again. So, um... If someone asks you to say, bang on right, Ian, well, thank you for being so brave. Yeah. Bloody they still need to watch it again. <laughs> but they still... Yeah. I mean, it, you know... It, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again was in my top ten a couple of years back. Eurovision's in my top ten, you know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking sure that In the Heights is going to be in my top ten next year. Um, because that film's going to be joyful um and yeah so there we are um we just need mamma mia thank you for the music now or a mamma mia eurovision crossover fuck <laughs> um anyway uh oh god uh bex your number eight if you please i think we might have some crossover here because my number eight is black bear we do have crossover because because my number eight is black bear yeah i just i just sneakily saw your list um Let's talk some Black Bear then. I've I've seen Black Bear. It's not in my list. I liked it. I didn't. I not obviously not as much as you guys. So I'm I'm gonna let you guys go. It it's really well acted, but I think more than that, I, I loved the format of it, the mentally dramatized version of events followed by the real version of events thing of it. Um, you, you, you mean you mean the, the scene that is literally the living embodiment of the well that escalated quickly maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, Aubrey Plaza can play a good drunk. She did that bit well. Aubrey Plaza is it uh, is so much better at and she's funny in this but in a way but she's so much better at drama than she is at outright comedy. I think yeah. when she's trying to be funny or trying to be outrageously funny, mm-hmm. I find her unlikable. In this, I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, she's and the thing is you're watching the first segment and it's like this is really awkward, like this is really stilted, but it's I, I think there's like there's an the, she she's clearly like writing the story down, mm. but altering it so that it's not like maybe quite as painful. But it's like it's like a therapy for her and she's working through it in her head to her hand to the page. And it, once you kind of get your head around that, well, I mean, that's my reading of it anyway. I'm, I, it, it may well be something completely different, but that's my reading of it. And I think once once I got my head around that, it was like, oh, OK, that makes an awful lot more sense. Why? Why the conversations are so fucking weird? Why things escalated so quickly? Because she's clearly... She, it, it, it feels first drafty mm. um and yeah and then yeah and then he's just a dick isn't he <laughs> in the second segment i mean yeah if if, if you want a, a generic dickhead to go to chris abbott seems to be <laughs> it's pretty good casting yeah it, it is and the thing is 
the weird thing is, I think me and you were talking about this on um, on WhatsApp, and we were saying um, that Chris Abbott is going to be in like 10, 15 years' time, is going to be essentially like an amazing quiz question because he's going to have worked with every director, <laughs> but nobody's going to know his name. And I, you, you almost feel a little bit with him, like he's kind of cool with that. Mm. Like he's. He never seems to have attempted to break out of the fact that he just makes interesting movies. But I, I still can't even work out if he's that decent an actor or not, or if he's just got really fucking good taste. Um, but it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's... He he looks like a skin job, but might have the mind of a character actor, which is kind of quite cool. <laughs> yeah. He does look a bit like if someone 3D printed on a slightly faulty... 3D printer, Kit Harrington. No, I think it's the other way around. Okay. Um, I, and it, it is that. It, it, you know, like we always say that Kit Harrington looks like, he constantly looks like someone's just told him his kittens died. Yeah. Chris Abbott killed that kitten. That's what <laughs> happened. Um, yeah, I, I really liked it. I liked the, the, the flip that happens. Yeah. Um, the melodramatic tone of it I thought was really good. Um, Aubrey Plaza is, is, is fantastic in it. Um, yeah, I, I was I was really quite taken by it. I like the fact that I had no idea what was going on, and I was constantly mm. not. I had no idea what was go, what was what the film was about going in. So I did. I had no expectations of what was happening. Mm. I did keep thinking, right, what the fuck's going to happen with this fucking black bear? And then nothing happens with it, <laughs> which was fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I. I loved that I kept expecting something fucking weird and trippy to happen and it didn't happen. I was like, well played. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's, the, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I think I probably would have taken to the film differently if I hadn't seen the fucking poster. Because that poster makes it seem like there's going to be some fucking trippy shit going on here. Yeah, and there's just not. And, it, and that's, sorry, go on. Yeah, and, that, and that, I think. It, it is almost like it, it, it's like the, the, the market is the MacGuffin in the movie. Mm. It's like the first half of the film, I thought it was really interesting how it kind of feels stilted and it, it's ever so slightly ramshackle. But then by the end of the film, it's like, well, yeah, this is like the first draft of some sort of screenplay that she's writing. It's going to be like that, you know. I thought that was, yeah, really like I don't know. It's really clever. I, I'm, I'm I, yeah. It feels like something that you guys would vibe with um, more th- uh, than me. I think. Um, but I'm no. I'm 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 glad you liked it as much as you did. Um, I, like it's solid. Like four out of five for me. Don't get don't get me wrong. Um, and I, I, like I, it's good to see Plaza do something dramatic. Like. She's very good in this. Mm. So yeah, no, no, fair play, guys, fair play. What's 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 your number eight, Ian? Uh, oh yes, of course, yeah, because yeah, you guys were both going. Uh, we're gonna be talking about it later on. I'm pretty fucking sure. Uh, Tenet. Um, well, later on. Uh, I'll 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 just say my piece because, yeah. and then I'll probably not talk much while you guys are. I, I'm assuming they're both talking about it later. I rewatched, so obviously we did the commentary, but I didn't rewatch it in preparation for the commentary. So I watched it again on Sunday night, 
and now like quite frankly and i i know i've gone on about this but now i can read the subtitles for this film i palpably like it more um donna was watching bits of it with me as well and she was like yeah this is fucked i can't hear that just to make like because i just wanted to make sure i wasn't going fucking mad the thing is the whole you don't have to uh, uh what is it like you don't have to understand it just feel it thing i i i i, I think that works up to a certain extent i i think that nolan's saying yeah the sound mix is like that because i want to disorientate you if you're gonna if you're gonna go like that the subtitles need to say unintelligible dialogue the fact the subtitles do not say that but the audio mix is what it is makes me think that nolan is clutching at straws there but but the film as a visual piece of filmmaking is fucking incredible like in terms of pure cinema it is the film of the year like oh no, also well remember there's no cg in it yeah i it, it's there, there you go you know without question cinematically and that, that, yes obviously that you know there's not been that many films to compare it to but i'm still pretty sure in a normal year this would be one of the cinematic events of the year also john david washington i don't think is getting enough credit he fucking rules in this i i, I think robert pattinson does as well but john david washington his pure i want to do the right thing i want to save the right people but also being cool it's that cool but sincere thing yeah it's the if he was if he wasn't american he would be the absolute perfect fucking bond perfect perfect bond yeah you know we've had american bond before um, I, but I think because he's done this, I don't never cast him as Bond. No, yeah. no, I no, I, I I don't think they would either. Um, and and frankly, I think there's uh, there are a lot of black British actors out there who who could do it. You know, it's I I do have a weird thing where I am a little bit like I think Bond ideally would be British, and I I don't know why that is, but I have no problem with him being a person of color whatsoever. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think uh, I, I think the Bicky's great. Um, Branner, I don't th- I don't think he's as hammy as I remembered him being. Um, he's got his moments of shouting. Don't get me wrong, but I like how kind of undercooked and almost like mumbly he is. I think I think that's a fun choice. <laughs> oh, pardon me. Um, so yeah, like the main cast, I, I, I you know I, I I think are great. Um, and the I'm the IMAX-ness of it now that I'm not watching it the front row of the fucking IMAX and but I can take in that that expanded frame like Jesus fucking Christ you two when you get that PlayStation 5 you have to get the 4K of Tenet yeah like, that other one will have to get the disc will we? it, it, like I mean you have to because the iTunes version it doesn't do the IMAX expanding stuff and it's like one of the best home presentations of a film I've ever seen. That like it was 
incredible to to watch that disc quite frankly um so yeah i mean i wish it was higher up and frankly i think if nolan could pull his head out of his ass with the sound and i know it's not a problem for you guys i you know but if he for me if he could pull his head out of his ass with the sound this would have been even higher but as it is it's my number eight cool but I, I will say that is higher than I thought it would have been before Sunday. <laughs> Fair enough. So let's do our, is it disappointments first? Disappointments first, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's uh, let's round robin the shit again then. So Bex, what's your uh, number five? Right, these, they're kind of in order, but not so much. These are... I would just like to caveat that these are not films that I am saying are bad. These are films that should have been better. And actually, I'll tell you what, why don't we just go through them all per per turn? I don't, maybe we don't need to round robin this one. Yeah. So, yeah. What have you got? What have you got? So, my five are uh, Pieces of a Woman. Yep. Agree with that. Really expected that to be better. Expected it to be upsetting and bleak and just harrowing and. You know what that that first scene kind of was, and then it just wasn't. It was just really dull. Um. So yeah, it's a woman, and it it pains me to say it for a lot of these, to be honest, that they're in that they're in here. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I've also got Antebellum in there. I was really fucking pumped for Antebellum. Yeah. And it just happened. Happened and wasn't great. I, I like Janelle Monae. I find her quite an interesting screen presence. The trailers made it look really fucking like weird and twisted. What the fuck's going on? And then it just, it, it, it just wasn't. Um, it was just the village, but not as good. <laughs> it was the racist village. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one for me was Hamilton. I know you guys wow. said included it, but from the hype and the noise around Hamilton, I expected to be absolutely fucking blown away. And in reality, I probably should have tempered my expectations. It's about the history of America, a history that I'm not hugely familiar with. We don't really learn about no. all that kind of shit over here, do we? So, yeah. it, you know, I should have anticipated the whole kind of, huh, what's going on kind of thing that happened. But it, it wasn't bad, but it just, it was. It's good, but it could be bad yeah yeah it's yeah i just it, it was quite cheesy for me the um the lady that plays his wife is the absolute fucking standout um along with what's his name oh god what's he called the king I mean, no the kid or the kid the king oh uh fucking um uh jonathan from man mind hunter yeah jonathan groff Jonathan Grubb, that's the fucker. He's fucking hilarious. And, you know, there's really good performance and there's really good individual bits, but as a cohesive whole, like, it just didn't land for me. Fair um, I feel like I'm going to get, like, hate mail now. Um, you probably will. This next one actually well, at least it was somebody else in church. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to leave that one to last because that actually is a bad film. So my, my, my next one is Sound of Metal. That, again, I really, really wanted that to be better. Um... The, the central performance is very good. Yeah. But the overall film, again, it just, 
it just doesn't stick the landing. It it gets it gets enough air, does no tricks at all while it's in the air, <laughs> and then just kind of doesn't even like fall its face to make it interesting. Just falls on its side and goes, ow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was really quite, I was really disappointed actually in Sound of Metal. That probably is my biggest disappointment, but I've left this one till last because this one is actually a bad film. Project Power is my last one for disappointments. Project Power. And it's because it looked like a really interesting concept. It's got uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it, who I, I really like historically before this year. Um, and it just, it just, it's so woefully underwritten. Yeah, it's not. Um, I enjoyed it. There's no, there's no flesh on the bones. It's just, oh, there's these things and they do things, but you don't know what, and they might not do out, and you know, then, bleh. Fair enough. So yeah, that's my five disappointments. Nice. No, fair, fair list, fair list that Bex. Um, Hamilton, yeah, that's interesting. I kind of wonder whether you may have clicked into it more if it actually was a film of it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting. I feel like if it actually was a film of it, they they would have been compelled to add more context for a wider audience. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, okay. Oh God, fucking hell! I watched Hamilton on the sixth of July. The July that came out. Wow. It like yeah. years ago, doesn't it? Fucking hell, man. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Right, Mark. Uh, yes, go ahead, mate. What's your uh, What's your list? My number five uh, is uh, Josh Trank's Capone. Uh, I think if you're um, if, if 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 you've got that cast and you've got um, Tom Hardy very much kind of in, I am absolutely in for this and playing Capone. All that sounds exciting, and then essentially what you get is closer to dick tracy than it is to the untouchables but trank is not going for dick tracy he's going for untouchables yeah um it's i'm not saying it's not entertaining i'm not saying it's not fun what i'm saying is i wanted one movie and i got a different movie and i kind of you know although i didn't not enjoy that movie i want the i wanted the 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 better movie Mm. that it could have been if a more focused director could have directed it. See, the reason this didn't get in my disappointments was because from the trailer, it looked like that. That looks like the trailer. <laughs> uh, next one, again, uh, my number four. Um, not because it's a bad film, but just because it's not as good as the potential for what it should have been, is Moolah. Because it, it should <laughs> Man, yeah. Better. That's a really good shout. Uh, if you're going to make essentially and go right we're going to make a 200 million dollar film that is essentially going to use all of this amazing sort of filmmaking techniques and essentially is going to be Disney's first martial arts movie really Mm. but a really high prestige high budget like something like um, Crouching Tiger did and things like that and then they just they they got stuck in between every single post and just made something that that limped along and never quite 
got as good as it really should have been. And mm. I even think that the the people making it, I don't mm. think it was a problem with the director or anything like that. I just think it was, I think there was somebody at Disney going, could we just do this, this like this, like this? I think it Disney was the problem with that movie, nothing it, else. It just doesn't have any of the magic of the animation either. No. It doesn't feel... Didn't have the same vibe at all. No, so yeah, so that was a, a, not quite there. Um, next one, I feel like I'm kicking Disney a little bit here. I'm not <laughs> meaning to. Uh, Soul is my number three in my disappointments. Um, I, I was kind of rooting for Soul. I'm not a Pixar fan, but um, when you were mixing jazz with New York, I was like, all right, fucking, you, you've got me a little bit here. And then they took it to the fucking magical mystery lands of, of people's fucking pre-fucking birth. Um, and it, it, it just, it lost me a little bit. And it, it ended up just becoming really quite boring. It is um, boring, yeah. And just really, weirdly, I think I said when we reviewed it, really soulless. Um, and I, I, I felt a little bit cheated because mm. there's a good movie there. It's just not they pixared it yeah. too much. Uh, and it, it, it kind of, I felt a little bit, you, you, you tricked me there, Pixar. My <laughs> um, number two uh, disappointment is Peace of a Woman. Um, it's a really good short film that then tacks on a really dull, normal length film to the back of it. Yeah. Um, it's I think even if you'd flip it and the if it was flipped around in some way so that the ending was the beginning was the ending or anything like that and it wouldn't make sense thematically but that might have made it a better film because you're building to that but once that goes out 10 minutes after it you pretty much know that the film isn't going to get any better Mm. Uh, and so you're there going oh great I've got to watch the next fucking 100 minutes of just drudgery. Just yeah. her walking around. Well, do you know what? It literally, a hundred minutes of Vanessa Kirby just fucking walking around <laughs> would, would be, be infinitely more entertaining. That is true. By a mile. So walking around wearing a different themed colours. Just fucking different themed colours that the director <laughs> just fucking just drops those ideas like halfway through. Um, <laughs> it's... It, it's um, Eliza Schesslinger's um, second best Netflix movie of the year, um, which I don't think people were expecting. What? Who, who's that? She plays her sister in it. Oh. What else was she in? She's uh, she's uh, in Spencer Confidential, uh, the future <laughs> best picture. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, all right. That better not be in your fucking top ten. It it, it just missed out. Um, Mainly because I'm just rooting for number two. Number two is going to fucking take top spot in a couple of years' time. <laughs> um, and my number one disappointment uh, is um, Ben Wheatley's Rebecca. Mm. Uh, ben Wheatley with um, Eat Me Daddy um, and uh, Lily James <laughs> uh, in that that film uh, and Kristen Scott Thomas in that role should be a better movie. It just really, it should have had more to it. Um, it shouldn't have felt so ITV dramery. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And it did. Um, I just, 
Netflix do seem to give their directors just an awful lot of control over mm-hmm. things and just say, right, you make you make the movie that you want to make. Um, Which is great, in and, theory. Uh, yeah, and it is, and it, it's just a little bit like with Ben Wheatley, it's like, right, is that the movie you really wanted to make? Wow. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know, did it just, I, 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 don't, I don't know, but it, it's, the, the poster's a lot better than the movie. So yeah, that's my that's my five disappointments. It is a pretty good poster. Uh, so mine then. Uh, so my number five is uh, Sound of Metal. So uh, I watched that last night. Um, because <laughs> there was like I've got to cram stuff and I've heard this is the Riz Ahmed film to watch. And uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, no. you know, um. I get that the I want to tread lightly here, but I get that the deaf community are very proud and do not feel that deafness is a disability. Um, I think that the film itself could have made that could have made that case better because what I got out of that film was holy fucking shit. That's a really sad ending. And I don't think that that the, the film was necessarily intending you to walk away with saying that's really, really sad. I think the film wants it to be bittersweet. And I'm just like, nah, that's fucking horrible. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. They like, like you said, they're like, we, what is it? They, they don't stick the landing. It just kind mm-hmm. of it, it's supposed to be his awakening and him finally sitting down and not being busy and just taking it in and you know accepting everything and that's his cathartic moment and it's like he has to give up every everything that he is and it's like no fuck off you know what why was it such a bad thing that he was trying to just say what what he had left and work with that, that why could people have helped him that scene with the head of the community kind of boiled my piss it's, it's like just when he says, "Well, you look like an addict," it's like, "Fuck off!" But in, in, even there, where he's like, "I, I just need you." It, the, the whole scene doesn't make sense. I need no, you. To let, he knows he's not going to lend him twenty six thousand dollars to buy his. Not even that, is it? It's plus ten percent. So it'd be like what um, thirty two and a half thousand dollars to buy back. He, he knows he's not going to. That's do an interesting that. mass mark, but we'll uh, we'll we'll skirt away from that. $26,000 plus 10% is not $32,000, dude. Is not, how much is that? $28,600? I did it 20% somehow. Yeah, I did that. Okay, all right. That um, makes way more sense. Forgive me. Go on, go ahead. He did 20% there for some reason. Don't know why. Sorry. He, did say, he said 10%, didn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I did 20%. Oh, I thought right confused then as well. Um, yeah, it just, the whole movie just doesn't, it don't fit. It, it feels woefully under fucking written. Like it just it, it comes. You think in that scene that you're talking about there, Ian, when he says it's all right, my my girlfriend's dad's rich. You think that he's just making this up to try and get the money out of him, and then you find out no way he is actually rich. Yeah. So why couldn't she have just sort of gone? Look, I'll ask my dad. He's yeah. rich. I know he doesn't like you, but he'll do this for me because you know we're, he's trying. We're trying to build our relationship again. But no, it don't. No. It's it really, feels mean spirited as well. It, it's written yeah, it, it, yeah. by 
it's written and directed by the guy who wrote uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. Wow, really? Yeah, which, which it, it makes you think, right, The Place Beyond the Pines, it, the, the, you could say that that's quite scat as a film, mm. but uh, I think Derek Sianfrans, uh, the director, has pulled it all together to make it make more sense. I think that, that this is, if that guy, died, if the guy who wrote it also directed it, I think it would have been a scattergun of just things, which is what Sound of Metal is. Mm. Yeah, it is, it is a very, very frustrating film, but like Pieces of a Woman, if Riz Ahmed got a Best Actor nomination for it, I'd be, it's for the wrong film this year, but I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, pardon me. My number four is Portrait of a Winslet on Ronan. Um, or Ammo Shite, as someone put out on Twitter, which, <laughs> and the director saw it and was not happy. Um, you, it, 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 it's it's the movie that everybody has forgotten about. I mean, this is this is the this is the fucking fascinating thing about it. You know, it got a release in the US and sank without a trace. Lord knows when it's fucking coming out over here, but. If it wants to be in BAFTA consideration, it's got to be in the next couple of months because the world would have moved the fuck on. Like, no one is going to want to think about the films released in this period by this time next year. Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, it's... And the reason why it's disappointing... I, I haven't seen God's Own Country. I don't know what Francis Lee's work, uh, other work is like, but... It's fun. It's decent. I wouldn't run out and watch it, though. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, but this is the thing. It's I really fucking like Saoirse Ronan. She's a bit of a ride or die. Um, I've liked pretty much every single film I've ever seen her in. Um, and she's all right. And Kate Winslet is okay. But it feels... Uh, it feels is not far away from blue is the warmest color in art. You just want to see them shag, don't you? And we're just going to build it up and build it up. There's going to be atmosphere. There's going to be atmosphere, but really you just want to see them fuck, don't you? But it's slow and it's contemplative and look at the, the look at the rain dripping on the window. Yeah, but you want to see them fucking go deep. I remember, remember yeah. they fucked on her birthday because it'd be more special. What in Ammonite? Yeah, do you remember the, the whole thing about the fact that they filled the sex Oh, scene? God. Sorry, in real life. Yeah, I was That's thinking, so what bit of that in the film was it? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. It just, it's a film that takes itself so fucking seriously. And yet, like, in the back of its mind, it's like, yeah, but we really need a, a scene where they are just fucking the shit out of each <laughs> other. Um, yeah. It, it's... It, it's just this fucking whiplash. And then the end, it's the, like just the fucking, the end image made me laugh just in like, my God, you think you've just made the greatest love story ever told, don't you? And no. Um, I, I, I will never watch this movie because I have no <laughs> interest in, it just, it just looks like fucking, a, a really miserable wet day at work movie. Uh, I have no interest in it at all. And I do think that that at some point, you know that 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 um, the, the the meme that goes around of the 
are we the baddies <laughs> yeah. thing? Yeah. At some point, there is going to be a... That the collective film-watching world is going to turn around and go, is Kate Winslet problematic? Not for actually doing anything problematic, but just for doing a series... It, it's going to be the death by a thousand cuts of problematic. Mm. All small enough to not actually ever cause a stir, but eventually go, right, She's working with every problematic director and just saying just odd shit. Yeah, I mean it's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Um, I I have I I haven't included in my list. It it just it 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 just it doesn't feel like it's kind of relevant now. It's almost like there's a before Corona, like before Corona. I just anything around that time or like around the start of the lockdown, I just haven't really been considering all that much. Um, I think portrait of a lady on fire would be very, very high on my top 10. If I was kind of considering, I think, you know, assuming we're doing the show in like nine years, I think end of the decade, I could see portrait of a lady on fire being up there. Mm. Ammonite is the fucking art school I mean it's the art school version of Portrait of, of a Lady on Fire if you could imagine that it's, it's Eve but made it's the VHS by, version of, of a Portrait of a Lady on Fire yeah, but it's made by a student who goes to art school thinking they're making Portrait of a Lady on Fire yeah but they're making Ammonite Portrait of a Lady on Fire for you now yeah I, it, yeah I mean it really is and the thing is it made me more annoyed knowing that what like reading up on what the legacy of the two women in it, it is. <laughs> it's just complete bollocks. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, and the, the 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 film is just like, yeah, you just want to see them like look at each other every now and then, and then fuck. Uh, it is, yeah. Anyway, um, and I'm free. Uh, disappointed. I, I, I went on for quite a while there, so I'll speed through these. My number three, Ben Wheatley's Rebecca. Uh, 100% agree with what you're saying, Mark. Um, I really, really like Ben Wheatley. Um, I think that the projects that he's got coming up are fucking wild, and I'm looking forward to um, his. Uh, the, I think it's called The Growing Green or something. The um, the film, the horror film that he's made in lockdown. I'm bang up for that. Uh, yeah. The Meg Two, the new Tomb Raider. Hell yeah, I'll I'll eat all of those up. Rebecca, it was a miss. It just didn't feel like it connected in any way. And I was disappointed. So, yeah. Uh, my number two most disappointing, Christmas Chronicles Part 2. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. First one, really fun, one crazy night kind of adventure with Kurt Russell. This one, Chris Columbus takes the reins and tries to make it into a massive franchise mythology expanding wonderland. And no, I don't want that. Thank you very much. Um, Just to see, because there is talk of a third. It would be interesting to see if Chris Columbus still does the third one or if he, after the, you know, less positive reviews that, that he got in the first one, see if he still takes the reins for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope not, you know. Um, yeah. They even waste Arlene Love, which is a crime in itself, you know. So, um, number one most disappointing, Soul. Um, I don't think Soul is a bad film. I think it's got some really interesting shit in it. I think the score's fun, but... Yeah, that that film isn't what it, it, I don't think it's what it thinks it is, and I'm I think 
as award season goes on, I'm going to be more and more annoyed by it when it's winning things over something else. There we go. Um, hey, Hannah, you know, I think you really can't be a good rewatch of a TV show. Would you agree with that, love? Oh, yes, I would. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think during, you know, global pandemics, storms, all of these things, it's quite nice to just sit down and burn through something that you've seen a million Absolutely times. Absolutely nothing like a binge watch. Star Trek. Babylon 5. Because you could sit there for hours looking at serial killer documentaries. Absolutely. Uh, that Netflix. doesn't make you a weird person uh, at all. It doesn't. Yeah, you could watch documentaries that all seem to be about women killing men. Love you, darling. You could put off watching Daredevil for the 30th time. Harry Potter. But really, you can't be immersing yourself in the warm jumper of a rewatch of a show of or a, a franchise. Beloved franchise. A beloved franchise. Lord of the Rings. Twin Peaks. From VHS compilations recorded off television with the ad breaks, cut out of course, to DVD box sets of Sex in the City and, I don't know, Smallville. <laughs> Farscape. Quantum Leap. To giving up finding new content on Netflix and just having a comfort trawl through Star Trek The Next Generation or... Parks and Recreation. I think that we can all agree. There's a lot to be said for that. You can't beat a good rewatch. So, with that in mind, join Anna and Mike from Chinstroke vs. Panzer as we burn through some of our favourite franchises and share our immediate reactions to each instalment in both spoiler and non-spoiler sections. To do that, do a search for the rewatch project with Hannah and Mike on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever your favourite podcast provider may be, or go directly to anchor.fm forward slash rewatch project. We are proud members of the Pod Syndicate family of podcasts. The Mulberry Boys, every Friday night, on the show you better know they keep it tight. TL is back and the Jaystrom's in the zone. Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone. PCZ is about to hold court. You know he's on the headset, you can hear him snort. Pop culture movies, TV shows and games. Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays. Foggy don't play around, he will bust a drop fast. Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast. The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. What? The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. So, let's get back into it. Bex, what's your number seven? Okay, so, my number seven is lockdown movie host nice great i i fucking loved host and i think you you've got a really great movie there with some really really good scares but it's the innovation behind it that that has got it as high up on my list um as it is i i will rewatch it i've watched it with isabel who equally enjoyed it but like for different reasons it's everyone seems to just have got really fucking on board with it because I think it it was just the timing of it was perfect you know everyone everyone was having their lives 
ruined on a daily basis by Zoom at this point. And then this just took um, that concept and just fucking ran with it. And just the, the 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 balls of it to just fucking cut off when it got to an hour as well was just it was it, I I absolutely loved it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the stories of the year, isn't it? Um, and I just it's it's been so fun seeing uh, like Savage and Shepard and Hurley and all, all the cast like on Twitter kind of reacting and just enjoying the success of Host and where they're, they're going next as well. It's, it's just it's been fun watching this all happen in real time. Like it just the fact that it came on Shudder and you know there there was some word about it and then it just seemed to just grow and grow and grow and grow you know and uh, and it, it's it's well deserved i whatever their uh, whatever this blumhouse project is like just super 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 fucking excited for it and uh yeah i mean it was it was in my 20 earlier on and i kind of skimmed over it because of that but um it just it's it's a very very effective horror and it does blur the lines between what is a film and what isn't but it feels it feels like a film um oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um no i've got yeah fucking fair playbacks that's yeah great choice yeah <laughs> all your other choice has been shit oh, sorry i don't mean it uh mark what's your number seven bud uh, my number seven is Underwater. Um, <laughs> the, the movie. That's great. Um, I, I really enjoyed it when we first watched it at cinema. I thought it was a really good experience. Um, it was... It, if you're going to do a, a, a monster movie, uh, especially a sea monster movie, um, it's you, you've got to land the monster, especially if you're going to show it as much as Underwater shows it. Mm. You've got to land the monster. And what they do is, rather than shying away and going, right, we don't want this to look too Lovecraftian. They've just oh, gone, they lean the they've fuck just into gone, it. let's just fucking make it Lovecraftian. Yeah. And it, 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 it's like, do you know what, let's take from this, this. And they it, it, it becomes such a creepy character mm. within it. Um Oh, that bit where they all start swimming down and it's you, you realise yeah. it's part of a bigger monster and it's like oh yeah. um, skin crawling. The fact that it, 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 it's you go on a journey with this little um, cast of characters and it isn't afraid to just go bang kill them off. Mm. Um, you know you you think when uh, you get to Mamadou Athi there at the beginning you think right he's going to be the companion that's going to run no, no dies really fucking quickly. Uh, I know he's problematic but T.J. Miller is fun in it. Oh, he's really good. Um, yeah. Kristen Stewart is such a fucking interesting actress. Um, I'm just mildly disappointed that she's going to be playing Princess Diana in something soon. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it's just an awful lot of fun, a great time, and a proper good fucking sci-fi horror movie um, that that sticks all of its bits along the board. It's tense as fuck. Uh, it gets the monster right. It is a genre pick that is 95 minutes long, so it isn't afraid to go. Do you know what? Fuck it. Here you go. Bang. Get in, get out, do it. Yeah, right. perfect, brilliant, brilliant film. Nice. Um, my number seven is uh the film that Riz Ahmed should be getting attention for. It's uh, Mogul Mowgli. Uh, so this is uh, Bassam Tariq's, I believe, debut, and it's uh, co-written by him and Riz Ahmed. Um, feels to me that this film has been um slightly 
Um, I, I think it's been slight. It's been overlooked because of Sound of Metal, but also. Um, and forgive me, Tariq's done a uh, done a couple of documentaries. My apologies, but it's his feature um, uh, full length debut. Um, it was supposed to come out around basically when England went into the November lockdown, and it it just kind of fucked its release, and then they just stuck it out on VOD. Um, and it, it kind of feels like it's it's slightly sunk a bit. But um, obviously, I talked about this in an LFF um, episode. Mark, remind me, did you see that? You, you saw this, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, we yeah. saw Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, of course. Yeah. We, fucking hell, we reviewed it, didn't we? Yeah. Cabin. Yeah, my, my apologies, guys. Sorry. Um, And yeah, I just... It... The kind of, like, the... Sound of Metal's this, like, scope like really like nice cinematography kind of look at that world this is kind of more handheld it's more lo-fi and it feels authentic um and the whole i thought the dream sequence stuff was really fucking interesting mm. oh god yeah with that man with the, the weird thing. guy yeah with the guy yeah i i like I thought that that was just a wonderful representation of kind of like anxiety and yeah and and like the almost like the like the demon you need to defeat. Um, but that it also had its lighthearted moments like RPG. That guy fucking amazing. <laughs> it's all fucking no 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 chicken if there's no fire side. Yeah yeah I yes yeah I mean, it just. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It, it, it's got like a lot of tones going well, uh, going on, but it does it does them really well. You know, it's 90 minutes long. It's in and it's out. Um, uh, and I, I, yeah, I, it's. I thought it was just very, very touching. Like I say, it, it just felt very authentic. And it's that kind of like low budget Brit flick stuff that you just you want to see. Um, yeah, it, it, it's. I like the fact that it, it, it takes the ideals of a kitchen sink drama um, but gives you a completely different variant of it but still feels authentically British. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I was quite taken with Mogul Mogul. I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a rewatch at some point as well. And if, if you haven't seen it, it's it's out on on VOD. It's not like a premium VOD or anything. It's on Prime Video for three forty nine. You know, it's 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 a really good time. Um, okay, so uh, let's go to number six. Bex, what have you got as your number six? Well, oddly enough, my number six is underwater. Oh <laughs> wow! Yeah. I think I, obviously it, it helps that we this was one that we got to see. In the cinema mm. the scale of it is it's it is just best viewed on a big screen for a first watch I yeah because it really kind of it's the the atmosphere of it is is overpowering on in a cinema but then they're in this massive expanse but it also manages to be claustrophobic because obviously they they're going through these tunnels and stuff like that and they're in like the little pods and things but even when they're out on the ocean floor They've, they've got this massive expanse of water pressing in on them and it's just the the tone of it is 
is it's just so well handled. All the performances are really good. Like you say, the creature design is absolutely magnificent. I it, it, it is one of those things that's so easy to get wrong. Mm. Um, and then they just end up looking stupid and cheesy. Um, and this one just it absolutely nails it. Those things are fucking terrifying. Um, that's why I don't go and see. I mean, you don't really. We won't go deep enough to con- get in contact with one of them. Never fucking know they. Um, well, they might. You know, with all this like ocean temperatures rising, they might. They might. What if it's a little confused. one? Yeah. Like yeah. a little one. I'd still be scared of that fucker. Well, yeah. Um. Scrappy dude. But then, what what it does really well is it it also works brilliantly on the small screen. Mm. Like when we watched it at home, I think. What I like about seeing them in both formats is you, you can pick up on more when you're watching it at home because you're not as like blown away by everything. You can pick up on the small details and this works in both settings. And yeah, I just, I absolutely fucking loved Underwater and we'll watch it many times again. Yes. So yeah, number six. Cracker. That's great. Mark, what have you got, bud? And my number six is uh, Mangrove. Um, I think like you said there, Bex, earlier, it, it, it did kind of, because of the close proximity of it coming out to Trial of Shadow 7, it, I think it kind of did get, they they got compared. Uh, mm. And I think that Mangrove came out on top. I think, mm. I think people maybe looked less favourably upon uh, Trial of Shadow 7, which I think is a very good film, because Mangrove takes it and goes, right, we're going to get rid of the, the Hollywood sheen, when you get rid of the stylistic stuff, we're just going to put it down to it, it, its core elements. Mm. Uh, also as well, it's it's not just a, a courtroom drama, which mm. you, you could have made it just being a courtroom drama. It's, it's a very, very good courtroom drama when it becomes a courtroom drama. Uh, but before that, it, 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 it gives you enough time to go, right, these are the characters. Mm-hmm. But not just these are the characters. It gives you time to go, these are the characters, and this is the world they live in. You give a shit about them by the time they get to the yeah. bit where you can start going to so. You've seen what they're, what they're trying to do. You've seen what they're up against, and you've seen all of that. So mm-hmm. by the time you get to the... What is it? You're kind of looking at it and going... And I think as well, maybe... I, don't, I, I might be way off bat here, but I think watching it um, as a Brit... Mm. Um, looking at it and going as, as, as a Brit now especially mm. and going seeing like elements of this creeping back into our what is it, yeah. it you've got the um, I, I mean this was like the first trial in, in Britain ever to, but where race was used against and it was it, you know essentially the establishment was essentially proven of using racial profiling mm. um, and it, you look at it going with everything that's going on now and where the you know the, the fucking tide seems to be edging towards a little bit and I'm hoping it's not quite as bad as we maybe think it is but there is an element of look we already fucking did this a generation and a half ago yeah why the fuck are we trying to fucking why, why are we having to fucking do it again mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it, it's fantastically acted um real made Stephen Queen is a hell of a talent um and just he, he could have gone out and made whatever he wanted and he chose to make he five make, he did make whatever he wanted he did but but he, he, he chose to you know use the 
the cachet that he had and the, the you know the things at his disposal to make five stories rather than one. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's amazing. And I I know that Lewis Rock was very popular with the third people. But I do think Mangrove is the one that will maybe stand the test of time a little bit more. It's just so powerful. Yeah. Like to watch and it's like it's humbling. I think in a way. So yeah, so that's Mangrove. That's my number six. What's your number six here? Cool. cool. Uh, so my number six is. Eliza Hitman's Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always. So, <laughs> is it going to come up later or is this the time to, to talk about this then? This is the time for me. This well, is I the like time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I did really like it. it, it before you go, interestingly, because you really liked it, I really liked it, it's in my top 20, uh, it's in your top um, 10. Do you know what the Now TV current star rating of it is? It's like two or something, isn't it? 1.5. Yeah. Which I can see, yeah, I can see what is it. But sorry, carry on. This is, I mean, to be fair, if you were just like of a, an, a work night evening, we're like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's about 90 minutes long. I'll stick this on. Yeah. It, yeah. You know. You, it, it's you, it, not knowing what this was about and not knowing what type of film it was. I could see you, yeah, going, this is a one and a fucking half stack on. Yeah, so I I watched this, well, most of this, last Friday, five in the morning, Kiki, like, had a bad stomach over over a few nights, and I had to get up with her at, like, five in the morning, like, let her out, and then I was like, right, I'm awake now. And I started watching Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, uh, you know, and it was like, well, it, you know, it's a bit, yeah, it, it's quite slowly paced. I mean, not a lot actually happens in the film, but it's still an eye opener. You know, it's an hour and a half, basically, about how hard it is for a 17 year old to get an abortion in America and then has one of the fucking most quietly devastating scenes I've seen in fucking years. Are you meaning the conversation she has with the counsellor when yeah. the camera's just focused on her? Fuck me, that's a fantastic scene. I mean, it's one shot. It's all on her face. Yeah. And the, the thing about the film is it, it, it's experiential. There is no fucking context given whatsoever. I you respect know. it for that though. Like, yeah, hell yeah. I was like, "Fuck you, film." Yeah. But like thinking on it in hindsight, it's like, do you know what? Yeah, fine. It, it, you can draw your own conclusions about how it's happened and who's done it and all this kind of stuff, but you're never explicitly told it is a. It's a capsule of time. It, yeah, it, it, the, the 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 story is the the. the having to go through all these things to get the abortion rather than how she, how she got pregnant yeah i mean just to be clear we all think it's the stepdad right yeah probably but yeah but at, at, you know at the same time she says she, first time she had sex was four at 14 she's 17 now she's had six sexual partners so you know just because which that scene, I was basically doing the head and love joy, won't someone please think of the children gif. <laughs> um, like, I just felt so fucking sad for her. Um, uh, but yeah, it's this experiential thing where you just go through it. And yes, there are questions at the, 
at the end of it but it, they're not quite they're not answers that necessarily the film's been dangling in front of you you know it's like there, there's there are there are shots and there are looks and whatnot particularly early on but there's even like even like the fucking fuck really quietly disturbing thing where they're giving the cash over to the other person in like the shop and then he's just like kissing her hand yeah mm-hmm. and it's like what and i i'm assuming again again it's assumption it's the like the, the store manager who's like no you can't go i'd miss you if you went you know just that it's like is he just being a fucking dickhead manager or is he just like being really fucking skeezy yeah and yeah exactly yeah i never used it about bus boy fucking horrible as well you know i mean it 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 doesn't paint men in the in the best light but fair play what the, the the central conceit of the film does not paint men in the best light or a man in the best light you know it, it it's i thought very very powerfully performed and more for the fact again because it's very understated you know like the um uh the the lead girl does not uh sydney uh sydney flanagan she doesn't get like any big moments you know she's not um she doesn't get like an oscar scene like her oscar scene would be that that one shot i suppose but again it's her kind of like crying and basically saying do we have to talk about this you know it's not it's not like i was raped by my stepfather and i can't believe that i I, it's so you know it's just the fact that like these girls in the film are just having to accept okay well we're gonna have to travel here and oh okay i'm gonna need the money for this and okay where where do we sleep you know it's it's you don't sleep anywhere no no well no exactly it's just this like slice of life and not life that you want to really experience but you are there and you're sitting with this girl while she's going through this fucking awful thing it's i don't think it's a film i'll ever watch again just like i I, because i found it very powerful um but my word is it one of the best films of of the year yes and i'm really looking forward to seeing what eliza hitman and 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 the cast do um going forward um yeah the friend is in west side star isn't she yeah i was gonna say for me i mean obviously that that one scene um with autumn where she's speaking to the the social worker is 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 very strong but as an overall in the film um, the girl that plays Skylar is doing the better performing. Body language wise, facial expression wise, it's just such a subtle performance. And there's not an awful lot of script. So it all has to be done another way. And her friend's a bit of a bitch. Yeah. I mean, she's like, well, do you want me to call my mum? No. Do you want me to call your mum? No. Well, what do you want me to do? Because she clearly just wants to fucking help. And she's like, fuck off. And it's like, just go home, Skylar. Just go home and leave her there. <laughs> what a bitch. But, like, obviously, going through some shit, so you can give her a bit of a break. Yeah. I just felt really sorry for her. She's she's put all this money together. She's gone with her. She's supporting her. And then she's just like, just fuck off. 
Oh. <laughs> Go on, tell tell him what the issue was. Right. You, honestly, Ian, fucking hell. Right. So they're going. Right. It it it's a, it, it, it they're they're thinking it's going to be a day trip, right? Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a roundabout one day, which is proven by the fact that she literally says in one of the scenes, can't be done today. Uh, and they say, well, no, right? Why do they need a suitcase? The suitcase makes no sense. Even if they knew they were going for three days, you just rucksack it. She's got a rucksack with her and it's not even that full. It's quite padded down. So... Why do they need the suitcase? The suitcase makes no sense whatsoever. Bex, how many times did he mention this during At the all. Every time, every fucking time the suitcase was on screen, Ian. Every fucking time. Every time. But am I wrong? Yes. I'm not. They don't need the suitcase. They're, they're 17 years. a day trip. They're 17-year-old girls. They don't necessarily know what they're doing. I said, I said exactly this. I said that. They at 17, if I was doing that, yes, I probably would. Then you need somebody sensible with you girls. Do you think you look like they can? But they, I don't they, take they, a suitcase on fucking week-long holidays anymore. Yeah, you look like it. I hold all it. Yeah, but you know, you they think they're going for a day. Who takes a suitcase for a day trip? Bex, blink once if you need help. <laughs> That, that was it. The, the film is brilliant. But the, the suitcase was the thing that knocked it for you. Yeah. yeah. You were also very annoyed at her that she didn't take the uh, the shelter. That yeah. Take the shelter. Take the shelter. And then Skylar wouldn't have to give buskies a handy J in a fucking car park. You don't know that she gave him a handy J. There was a handy J there. We didn't do that for a kiss, did we? Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, to to be fair, I was kind of thinking that there's got to be something more going on here, surely. It's a handy J, without question. Right. Let's do surprises. Me? Yeah. Okay. Are one. we just doing like all of them? Just run through them. Yeah, yeah. like with disappointments, it's fine. So, uh, my number five was his house. Um, really really enjoyed his house but I was not expecting it to be quite so creepy as it was I was expecting it more to be like a kind of the horror people make for themselves kind of thing and like how awful racist Britain is to these people that have that have come over here and stuff like that and there's elements of that but there's also a fucking thing living in the walls so that his house um now night clerk we as we said at the time, when, when we first watched it, hovered over it and kind of went, oh, no. So many times before we eventually watched it, and it's really fucking good. Yep. Um, and I was I was surprised with how, the, how sensitively the portrayal of the main character was dealt with yeah. as well. Because sometimes it, it's not, is it? And it's I think that's a, kind of one of the reasons why, why we were a bit... No. Yeah, is it going to be a bit? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So night clerk. Um, then Eurovision. I expected to fucking hate Eurovision, and it's a delight. And it's 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 just it's one of those films that's like you sit down to watch it as like a little treat because it's got 
you know, Will Ferrell is on good Will Ferrell form. He's not on really fucking annoying Will Ferrell form. Rachel McAdams is lovely in it. Dan Stevens is fucking great in it. Yep. It's just it's just brilliant. And I I was stunned at it. Um and it kind of makes me think, should I watch prom? But then I remember that James Corden's in it. And if anyone else was in it than James Corden, I probably would. I don't like James Corden, but he's the best thing. I think at points he's the best thing in prom. I just kind of feel like I wish that the comedian slash presenter that had made that breakthrough into these kind of roles with Graham Norton instead of James Corden, I would watch that with Graham Norton in it and he would fit it better. He was like 20 odd years too too early. It doesn't have to be a young guy, though, does it necessarily? Or does it? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, uh, number two is Fat Man. Yeah. Fat Man's fucking great. The Christmas Christmas film I did not know I needed. It is brilliant. Um, That will, I mean, we we said at the time, it will go into fucking regular rotation. Might even double bill it with fucking Krampus on the night before Christmas Eve. Because it's got that kind of similar dark kind of Christmas vibe. Um, And then my number one surprise of the year was Boss Level. Boss level is fucking brilliant. It is so much better than the trailer, the synopsis, the like the cover, the the, the you know like the um, imagery of it. Make it out to be it is it is it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love it. And it's got Frank Greer in it, which is always good. Yep. And that bit where he has my shirt on. There's quite a lot of bit where he has my shirt on. There's that one extended bit though in there. There is the one bit where literally Joe Carnahan has literally said about it uh, that it's an extended bit just to appreciate just fucking how good Frank Grillo looks without a shirt on. That's fair. That's fair. He's low key, like just one of the best like screen presences out there, isn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, that's me. Very good. Very good. Mark. Uh my number five biggest surprise is Deep Blue 3. Uh, <laughs> wow. Because, let's be honest, was anybody expecting Deep Blue 3 to be as entertaining as it goddamn was? No. 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 And it really fucking was. It's not like a... It, it's not, oh, it's so bad, it's good, because I hate that phrase anyway. It's just a genuinely really fun movie. This is the one on the man-made island. Yeah. Right? I didn't know that was a 2020 movie. Yeah. Deep Blue 3 is infinitely better than it has any right to be yeah. yep so that's my that's yeah that's my number five my number four is another movie that has that is infinitely better than it has any right to be hubie halloween this almost went into my disappointments because i was I, I wasn't expecting to like the film but then i did quite like the film i was so disappointed that it ruined itself it it, it fucked itself Why? by letting him do the voice it works. It just works. It's funny. It's Sandler doing stupid and getting away with it. Uh, it's got a load of heart. It's it's laugh out loud funny at points, and it also is. It leans very much into the Halloween element of it, and I I, I really mm. enjoyed that. Mm. It's um I was I was very pleasantly surprised by it. It probably the best of the Sandler Netflix movies. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair, actually. Uh, next one is Prom. Um, I, I don't think I was quite into it as Ian, but I, the <laughs> fact that the fact that I 
that it got over a three out of five for me, I think, is it easily gives it fucking worthy of this. Um, it's good. It, it It's a good movie. And I think that anybody who, who throws shit at it is a little bit like you're watching it for the wrong reasons then. Mm. Don't watch it to not like it. Well, that's why I haven't watched it. Um, give it a go and you you know if you give it a go it's going to surprise you and the musical number with um what's his name what's his fucking name andrew rannells yes um that he has in the mall is fantastic yep it's genuinely brilliant the message is great in it the delivery of it is fantastic and it it, it makes sense and it has an impact on the characters it's supposed to have an impact on. Um, so yeah, that's the prop. Um, one of the two biggest surprise is Eurovision. Um, I think we've all eulogised about it, but yeah, yeah, it is just a really nice film. Hell yeah. Um, and my number one is Holiday. No, right, no, because you can't have this as a surprise because you weren't surprised because you fully expected to be on board with this. Right, no. You're just surprised that it happened. No. Right. <laughs> now, I did explain this to you, Bex, and said I felt a little bit conflicted <laughs> on, my, uh, on my surprises because if you'd have said to me, right, there's a film that's going to come out uh, that is Emma Roberts and it's about her having... You know, her not having a life together and it flicking through various holidays where she's got a holiday and explain the premise to me. And Emma Roberts is kind of a bit. I'd have, I'd have gone, this sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. Right? But, like Little Italy, where Little Italy might not be a great movie, but I like it, so fuck everybody else. Right? I actually genuinely think Holiday is a good movie. So what you're saying is you're not surprised that you liked it. You're surprised that it was actually good and other people liked yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, I'm surprised that, that, that I can take the moral high ground with people on this movie. I don't think you Whereas normally no, I can't. You can't take the moral high ground on movies ever. So, um, yeah, Holiday is fucking brilliant. I'm actually starting to get angry at myself that I didn't put it in my top ten. <laughs> Uh, just to point out, I didn't mention it. It is actually in my top twenty. <laughs> nice. So yeah, holiday is is fucking brilliant. Ian, what are your biggest surprises of the year? Um, my number five is underwater. Um, it's not, you know, it, it, obviously with our rules, as you can tell, it's not going to appear um, any further in in my list. Um, but just heard really tepid stuff, tepid water uh, stuff coming okay. out of it. Um, uh from its u.s release i wasn't really expecting that much you know i went to the Cineworld first week of release it's playing in their smallest screen and i just had a fantastically tense 90 minutes with it fucking off to the races straight away gotta love that and uh yeah you guys have spoken about it loads so i'll i'll, I'll end it there but underwater it's it, a fucking genuinely really good film um my number four Welcome me back to the cinema for the first time for four and a half months after lockdown, unhinged. Um, <laughs> like, just because, I yeah. don't know, I was fully expecting it to be absolutely unmitigated garbage. Um, and I thought it was good, trashy as fuck fun with one of the best lines of the year 
Oh, that, yeah, the... the... <laughs> I, I'm probably paraphrasing, but, oh, you've got an appointment with your psychiatrist next week. You'll want to keep that because you're about to have a really fucking bad day. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Um, yeah, unhinged. Fair play. Also had the great line of, of, of uh, that fan kind of whiff of fuck you about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Uh, I Yeah, I, I like Unhinged. Fuck it. And also, that film would just be forever tied in my mind as being like the longest I ever hoped to be without the cinema. And that being the film that welcomed me back, you know, like, so I can't, I can't not like it. Um, but I, I think it, I, I do think it's fun though. Um, so yeah, my number three. Um, so just like an LFF film, which it was just like, that's short. I will watch it. <laughs> um, Stray, which is just a documentary about stray dogs. And I thought it was lovely. The dogs are brilliant and the people around them, like trying to get like trying to like help them out are, are great. Um, I, I just thought it was a really interesting look at what stray dogs can mean for that kind of like down and out communities. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. Just like there's some really good dog footage. I mean, again, pretty good dog footage put that on the poster um <laughs> but again kind of tied into my real like, like a lot like weirdly a lot of my picks I, I think because 2020 was the year it was there's just films that I, I associate with with things you know this year uh, well this last year was the year that we welcomed kiki into the house you know and um i i was always a dog person but now i am very much a dog person that dog is a fucking bell end, but she's also the best, you know, uh, like my kid. Um, and, you know, and, 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 and Stray, I don't know, just it's dogs. And I wasn't expecting it to be as just like nice as it was. And it was just there's this bit, there's this fucking bit where there's this like women's rights march happening. And there are these dogs just fucking in the middle of it. And there's these women around laughing and going like, I hope you got you got permission before you started doing that. And then there's this white woman like trying to fucking separate them. And another one just saying, no, leave them alone. You know, and it just, it's, it's just a wonderful moment. My number two is Holidate. Um, yes! Um, you know, because, I, I mean, for me, it was a surprise. You know, I... <laughs> Um, yeah, holiday. It's really, really fun. I can see it being in the rotation that time of the year, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just, they've, they've got decent chemistry together, more than enough laughs. I, yeah, they had a really good time with it. So, you know, hey. Number yeah, one. Right. I thought you'd like that. Number one. The date is Saturday, the 12th of December. I am in my eighth day of COVID lockdown. Donna and I pull, we get our two sofas, kind of put them together. So we essentially create like a sofa bed, get our duvets. Lottie's got the iPad with her headphones on. It's 10 o'clock in the morning, but who knows what time is when you're seven, eight days into fucking lockdown. What do I put on? A film that we agreed to review. And I was like, oh, fuck, I suppose I better watch this then. Jesus Christ, it's two hours. 
the most nuclear powered surprise I think I will ever have. I don't think any film will ever surprise me as much as The Prom did. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's great how much you love that movie. It's... The thing is, it should really be in my top 20, but I want it to be in my surprises more because it is the the turbo and it is the turbo charged number one surprise actually do you know what fuck it because oh no we're, the top tens we're not allowed to have in other lists right yeah. bye bye wonder woman um oh yeah holiday holiday it's in my top 20 that's so that's the thing okay so yeah, I'd say The Prom is nestled between American Utopia and The Five Bloods. Oh, no. Bye-bye, Mank. No, Wonder Woman stays. Mank, bye-bye. You've been displaced by The Prom. Um, What a treat. Just what a fucking treat. Um, It's got such a lovely message at its centre. And I get that people are like, well, this story's been told a lot before. Yeah, fair enough. But it probably hasn't been told on mainstream Netflix enough. Do you actually want, do you want LGBTQ ideas to go mainstream or not? You know, let's fuck it. Let's go. It's a prom for everyone, guys. It's a prom for everyone. It's a prom yeah. for everyone. I think you should watch it. I think that's quite like it. Yeah, I, I generally think you might. If you can get through, I will say this, if you can get through the first sort of 25 minutes, mm. you'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. Because if, it comes, if it comes out on Criterion, I'm buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's a purchase you're going to need to make. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. Let's go. Number fives. Bex. Uh, so my number five is Another Round. We watched this the other night. And yeah, you were, you were bang on right about it. when You watched it as part of LFF, didn't you? Yeah. It's, it's fucking fantastic and it's poignant and it's funny. And it's got, what's his face, dancing. It, 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 it's, it's got probably the funniest moment in cinema this year for me. Which one? The bit where they decide to get unbelievably fucking drunk. Mm. And then it has a, there's a hard cut in the movie where it cuts from them where they can't buy fresh cod in the supermarket. Oh, God, that's to them so fishing. funny. And it fucking killed me. The bit in the supermarket. Supermarket though, where they're all just falling all over. That's funny. Time. That's funny. What that's doing is, 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 is that's tickling your balls a little bit with comedy, and then it, the hard cut, and then you go, oh god, they're fishing. It just fucking killed me. I think I said at that point, this looks like what the stories you tell me of like sci-fi weekenders sound like. I'm, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad actually. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's got obviously it's got a deep message, you know not everyone has the self-control to not take it too far and obviously the one guy dies did he fall in the lake or something and his dog's there so i'm guessing the dog's just like sat on a boat just like i don't 
reckon the dog would drown. No, the no. dog probably wouldn't drown, but it would be lonely. It would be lonely. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's just it's really 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 good. It's it's one of those films that you come out the other end of it like with a bit of a kind of just being slapped around the face with the film kind of wow feeling to yourself, don't you? Yeah. And it and it ends with what is it jazz ballet yeah. that he does? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean that's brilliant. Yeah. You watch it and you're like dance. Fucking dance. You know it's going to come. Fucking dance and then he dances. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's my number five. Very good. Foster. Uh, my number five is uh, Portrait Lady on Fire. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking hell, I really probably should have included it. Ah! Yeah, um, come on, Yeah, it's... It, it's, it's really engaging. Um... It, that would have probably been in my surprises actually if I if I thought like I did not expect to like that at all and it's very 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 good. Yeah, it, it's it, you know it, it has the any I don't get on with period dramas period no. uh, at all they irk the fuck out of me. Did you just make a funny? I did make a funny yes. Uh, so it, I was going to go in look I, it's. The only reason why I'm watching it is because it's pretty French lady. Um, but then when you actually get into it, it's it's got really good, you know the, the story makes sense. Uh, it feels lived and it feels poignant. You, you believe in the relationship, but you believe in the um, the doomed element of the relationship as well. That that's there. Um, it's. I like the fact that it, it never tries to go for it being a, a perfect love story or anything like that. Mm. Or it is just, it's a, it's a fling. Mm. And that's fine. And it makes sense. And yes, it, it has ramifications for them and it lives with them, but it's fine for as it is. And I, yeah, it's also visually, it looks fantastic. It doesn't, um, it's not too stylized or anything like that, but mm. it doesn't go well. Times were hard back then. Have misery. <laughs> um, it's you know, um, yeah, very very good. Um, one of those where I I could see myself watching it again as well. Either, yeah, oh yeah, without 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 question. Uh, and sometimes I think like you said, Ian, with the race, sometimes always. Um, you know, there's a strong possibility you might never ever watch that again, but it doesn't mean that it's not a fucking great film. Uh, I probably yeah, will never yeah. watch that again, but it is a great film. Uh, you know, with this, I, I definitely could see myself watching it again at some point in the future. That's my number five. What's your number five, Ian? Uh, my number five. I mean, I'm really. Uh, Portrait of Lady on Fire, like I say, you know, we'll still be doing this show in nine years' time. It'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Always. So yeah, uh, my number five, Lee One L's The Invisible Man. Nice. So, right, it's the last half hour of this film that fucking makes it for me. I've got to say, right, the thread of like men kind of thinking they know be- better than women. I think, like, the oldest Hodge character in this film is so fucking key for that. The conversation they have at the end where he's like, 
you know, you got to listen to me. I do this all the time. It was definitely the brother. Don't worry about it. And just the fact that he's still not fucking listening to her, you know, and then the fucking moral quandary that she puts him in at the end where it's just like, well, what do you think you heard? Sounded like he killed himself, didn't it? And then Aldous Hodge is just fucking looking at her and like, yeah, I suppose it did. Like, but like, A, because he would sound like the crazy one if he started saying this shit. And B, because he realises that she is not to be fucked with. Amazing. Fucking amazing. Um, like, I literally finished watching this on my lunch break and then listened to the commentary track while I was working this afternoon. Um, and... Lee 1L has just, like, he's obviously so fucking into this film and wanted to do, you know, you look at what they were going to do with this Dark Universe stuff. Like, if The Mummy was successful, we would have had a Johnny Depp Invisible Man that probably would have been a 12A and would have been about him being stuck invisible and trying to save himself or something. Yeah. Instead, we got, you know... Probably in terms of mainstream cinema, one of the definitive like me too films to come out. Um, I, yeah, it, it's all about believe you know believe the victim. Um, and I yeah I but it 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 also remembers to be incredibly entertaining super super fucking tense and that scene in the restaurant still slaps like that scene is so good it is so good um i yeah i i I think he's a really fucking interesting filmmaker he's he's stepped up a level here i think upgrade is a great genre exercise but it's not mainstream. The Invisible Man shows him being able to balance good, strong horror thriller elements with a I know what the people want sensibility. Yeah, that's, I, that, yeah, that's spot on actually, because like you say, Upgrade is incredibly genre-y, whereas Invisible Man is, it, it, it's mass marketable. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, and the 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 4k disc version it is the uncut version and i actually like it is like the bit that was cut so it's basically it's an extended bit of where she is kind of like almost almost kind of fake trying to commit suicide to get his attention in the um like in in the in the mental hospital mm. it's a, a good few seconds longer and more detailed and it's fucking horrible um but it's effective you know um yeah, I, I, it's, I, it's interesting. It was on the fringes of my top ten, and it's, it, it really did force its way in there. Just fr- like, yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I think even in a year where there was normal releases and whatnot, I mean, I think certainly, I'd say my top six. I think a lot would have to be a, a, a lot would have to be done to force them out of my top 10 in a normal year i'm still very happy with my 10 don't get me wrong but yeah the invisible man i think would still be in there it's um it, it, it's it's a hell of a piece of work hell of a piece of work 
Um, and also the, the the transfer on the 4K is is really nice. Anyway, that is my number five. Over to Bex, number four. Uh, so my number four is is quite a recently watched one, but it um, properly affected me. To be fair, um, we watched Possessor not so long back, um, and yeah, it just it, it literally finished, and it was like that'll be in my top ten. It was like the first thing I said after we watched it, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It's I think it's brilliant. I think it's it's a great kind of commentary on the misuse of technology i think it's a great commentary on how easy it is to lose yourself um both both when you are heavily influenced by other people's personalities and through grief when she essentially loses the sense of guilt she feels over killing is it the butterfly Mm. at the end of the film because she's lost her family and it's just kind of numbed her um, I just, I think it's, I, it, it really kind of got to me. I really, really enjoyed it. Fair play. I, I, God, I wish I liked that film more than I did. I don't know whether I'm, I, I, I literally watched it straight after Nomadland. And like, maybe it wasn't the best double bill. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you liked it as much as you did, Bex. That's great. I expected it to be more horror-y and less psychological and i liked it for the fact that it was more psychological some chris abbott in there as well isn't there? there is yeah yeah skin job yeah skin job character actor yeah <laughs> huh? oh it's me yes it's me isn't it my number four this is, isn't it yeah yes uh, I'm always paying attention uh my number four is queen and slim uh spoke about it an awful lot um it is i think literally we watched like two days after we recorded the last best of yeah we did um, yeah. so we're allowing ourselves so it, it was it, it it stood the test of time um and still rewatched it in some yeah place. i'm still baffled that, that more has not been made this movie um since uh i think it's fantastic um i think it is one that will will definitely look back i think along with films like um Widows, I think a couple of years ago, I think in a couple in ten years' time, people will look back and go, Oh, um, why wasn't more made of this movie? Um and I think Queen of Slim might be one of those, uh, without question. Uh, it's fantastic to track it down. It's on in the UK, it's on Amazon Prime. I would assume if it's on Amazon Prime in the UK, it'll be on Amazon Prime in the US. Um so yeah, it also it looks fantastic. I'm very interested to see what Malena uh, Matsukas uh, does next. Ian, you're number four. Um, sorry, Donna has just sent me a text and made me laugh. Um, apologies. <laughs> Fucking hell, dog. Um, I, sorry, I don't know if you heard that. Uh, my number four is uh, Regina King's One Night in Miami, uh, which uh, came out on Amazon Prime this past Friday. Uh, it's great. Uh, is this coming up at all? Or It's not, no. Okay. All right, interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I really i was really taken with it I, I i think it's this kind of fun imagined depiction of a real life meeting where it's got one of the one of the scenes of the year with uh is it aldous hodge and Bo bridges uh i believe yes. um mm, yeah that is like <laughs> the end of that scene is just 
staggering, you know. Um, and then it's it is theatrical, but I think it it does more than enough, particularly in the scene setting in the first twenty minutes or so, to make it more than worthy of a of, of a big screen release. Like it, it's it's a shame this won't won't really be seen on the big screen in the UK. Um, I think the performances are are, are all fantastic, and I, I wish King uh, Kingsley Ben Adair uh, the the best of luck with like lead actor stuff in the Oscars because he's he's got a hell of a race. But um, uh, you know, with uh, Delroy Lindo and uh, Chadwick Boseman and whatnot, you know. Um, but I I I really like his his Malcolm X the. The, the, the quiet determination of him i think is is really interesting um and yeah it, it's it doesn't feel preachy um it knows that it's a film and it needs to engage the audience um and i i, I just found it very very compelling from from start to end uh so yeah i that that's that's one night in miami i'm I'm looking forward to kind of talking about it more as uh as award season kind of pops up quite frankly so yeah yeah i will definitely be re-watching it on i didn't realize it come on prime uh this weekend um so yeah i'll be i'll, be, I'll be definitely watching it i think i think maybe just it, it it just i didn't think back on it as much as i thought i might have mm. so maybe i, I might re-watch it uh, like next couple of weeks and then go I was a fucking idiot. Really, actually, been higher. I, I uh, yeah, I will say I did kind of think it was going to be higher. I, um, yeah. I think maybe, I'm, I, maybe I've just had a little bit too much distance from it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm I'm pretty fucking happy with my top three though. So, uh, back into the top three we go. Uh, so my number three is Tenet. Um, we've spoken at length about Tenet, but it's um i think i'm with you ian on all the good bits and the bad bits that you raised don't bother me so hence the height height in the list yeah fair enough um i just think i think the performances are great technically it's great the stories is so layered and interesting and engaging um and I guess the bits with uh, the, the the conversational bits that you can't quite make out, I don't I don't feel like there's anything in there that's necessarily damaging to the story to not know. You can kind of get the gist of the scene without it. And I prefer to th- I, I prefer in my head to think that that's intentional rather than just a technical flaw because I can't see that technical flaw getting past as many checks as it will have gone past if that makes sense yep. so i just yeah. think it's nolan doubling down and refusing to admit he's wrong in that regard but that's fine that's you know what that's fair the, the fact that it got into your top 10 at all ian given how sort of cool you were on it to start off with is is kind of kind of heartwarming to me i like it i yeah i mean it, it, it's just you know, fair play. I wanted, I wanted to give it another go, and it, it, it does quite right. I mean, quite rightly, it slaps, doesn't it? It just, it, it really, it really does. I wish I had a better. I really wish I went to see it in the cinema a second time. Um, I, I regret that I didn't do it. 
We did, didn't we? We went back and saw it on a normal yeah. screen, and it was a lot better, to be fair, on a normal screen than it was on IMAX. Maybe not so much visually, but sound-wise, it was a lot better. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Hey, right, man number three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man number three is uh, another round. Uh, nice. Like you said, Bex, it's it's laugh out loud funny at points. Um, the I thought that we're going up going on the journey with Mads Mikkelsen's character um, and his relationship with the, um, the of how he kind of buys into the idea of the right. Well, this this drinking thing might make sense, mm. um, and how it works for him and it it, it helps him. Um, whereas, and you know, you've got four guys there. It helps. I think it helps two of them, mm. and hinders two of them. Mm. Um, and so, the whole hypothesis thing becomes: well, it 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 might actually hold some weight, <laughs> but it can never be tested because um, not everyone is going to react. Because not everyone's going to react the same. Uh, and it, it's the, you know, the the hypothesis is flawed because it's. It's that you know that we have the wrong level of blood alcohol, but it's just that uh, that assumes that everybody is the same and everybody isn't the same. No, and uh, I think as well one one thing that we thought was quite good about it when we were watching it was when he's um, at home and she says something like, "Oh, your dad's drunk or something," and they're like, well, "Haven't you been for ages now?" And it's like they think they're being super subtle. Yeah. About this. Oh yeah, yeah. They they they, they think they're hiding it really well from everybody, mm. and they're not they're just that they think they are because they're a little bit drunk oh well, yeah uh, but yeah and then you get the um you get the the, the ending where you think that there's going to be this uh that it's going to completely change their um uh, their relationship with alcohol or anything like that and then it's like no do you know what getting drunk is actually quite fun so fuck it let's do it <laughs> and so they get drunk and he has the moment of going do you know what now was the fucking time for me to dance <laughs> and and it's it, it's just it's a really joyous thing it's it's them kind of finding themselves a little bit or him finding himself refinding himself yeah, yeah. you know it's it, 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 he's it's made a positive impact on him um and i think that that's it it's got a heck of a story to it i think what's really good as well it's like the the kind of it's showing how easy it is as you grow and you get more responsibilities and all this kind of stuff to lose yourself yeah um and just become this kind of you get kind of bogged down by the daily like drudge of just routine hmm. but, they, but you've but, got to fight for that yeah but they but the dramatic moments work in it as well work really really well yeah, it, 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 it it hits quite well and it doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't glamorize drinking culture it says, look, this can be fun. When you take it, it, it can also, if you take it too far, you could end up with a big shiner in your next door neighbour's driveway. Yeah, that, that looked like it really hurt. It does hurt that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, another round. That was it. Uh, my number three. Uh, Ian, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Wolfwalkers. Um, and again, it, 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 it it's there's an element of it that is uh, for the 
like the the circumstances and what the film kind of means to me kind of going forward in that um it i i started watching it just kind of like in front of lottie while she was doing something else like five minutes in she was asking me about it and then we just sat there and watched the whole thing and uh you know we we laughed we were like worried for the characters on screen like we were like tearing up quite a bit i mean lottie burst into tears a couple of times quite frankly um and yeah i just it, it was my first experience with cartoon saloon apart from um pardon me their nick jr tv series puffin rock which i i, I lottie used to watch when she was like two um and yeah i just thought it was it 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 was all those things that like the best animations want to be where they're kind of like all the emotions under the sun. You know, I, I, I remember talking about if Beale street could talk and that being my number one, a couple of years back and how it kind of made me feel that every emotion, uh, wolf has kind of did the same, it, but if Beale street could talk made me feel hungry as well. So, uh, you know, wolf walkers didn't quite get there, but, um, beautifully animated i thought the vocal performances were gorgeous um and yeah i the the running with the wolves section the musical sequence probably my my favorite no there's another film coming up my second probably my second favorite sequence of a film this year um but yeah i it's i i think wolf walkers is a really really special film and uh I, I I wish it all the best in the award season ahead because unfortunately I think Soul because it's Pixar is gonna uh, run roughshod over it and I think that's really unfair. But yeah, Wolf Walkers is my number three. Good stuff. Cool, cool. Nice. Uh, number two is then worst off. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Bex, what's your number two? Uh, so my number two is Promising Young Women. Well, young woman. Um, obviously, we spoke about that really recently, so um, I won't I won't go into it too much. I think it might be coming up again. Um, but yeah, it's um, I just I, I just found it, it it's really intriguing. It's really well done. It's really well acted. It's it's got an ending to it that makes you just want to fucking kill the guy involved um but yeah it's i i i really really enjoyed it and it it really affected me when we watched it so yeah that's my number two very good okay cool all right good uh mark what's your number two sir uh my number two is tenet um my number two my number one are basically interchangeable um on a different day (laughs) they might change around uh, on a different watch i think whichever one i've watched most recently uh, will be my number one <laughs> <laughs> so when we watch tenet like next week so if i'm normally watching it again next week aren't we yeah. tenet will then jump back up to be my number one uh, without question uh i already know this um yeah I, we've spoken loads about it um it, it's it's genuinely fantastic i think um the the, the, the bits bother people don't bother me uh, which is cool if it bother you but other people that's absolutely fine it, 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 it's a preference thing and it's a sensory thing I think with that uh, in terms of there um, it's I think it got unfairly treated because people decided to take against it because it was it was at the cinema and people didn't want to go to the cinema and people were angry 
because other people would willing to go to the cinema to watch it and so it got caught up in some kind of weird furor um mm. which made no real sense to me um and it's um it, it became a little bit like young men shout at clouds um <laughs> and so yeah there, there's a little bit of that uh, i think john Dewey washington is, is fantastic in it. i think robert pattinson is is is, is incredible um in it uh he continues to be a, a really interesting actor so yeah that my number two is tenant ian your number two my number two is mangrove um which yeah uh lovers rock was the sight and sound number one film of the year and i i'll, I'll be honest i kind of wonder whether that's uh i like lovers rock don't get me wrong and i i just is it because people miss going to house parties? <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, I, and, and fair enough, you yeah. know, I, I, but I, you know, I, I think Mangrove, like if it was up for Oscar consideration, could, could be up there in a variety of categories, quite frankly, you know. Um, yeah, it's interesting you guys were comparing it to Trial of the Chicago 7 earlier on, because... Like, Trial of Chicago 7's gone completely out of my fucking mind. And it's not, oh shit, I forgot it. It's not, it's not going to be on any of my lists. I liked Trial of the Chicago 7. I did. But Mangrove is telling a story about injustice and a court case with the odds stacked against the people. But it's just more powerful. Um, the the performances uh, feel... I mean, Yaya Abdul-Mateen, I think, is very, very good in Trial of the Chicago 7. I think a number of the cast are good in Trial of the Chicago 7, but that is a bit more of a Hollywood version of telling the story, and there is definitely a place for that. But Mangrove, it just, it, it's got that authenticity. You know, I was talking about Mughal Mowgli earlier on, and I think the Mangrove's got that as well. But there's also cinematic heft to it. Um, I th- that, that sequence where... Um, uh sean parks i believe uh, i believe it is he's just like punching the wall in frustration you know he's just beaten um fantastic that one sequence with like the like where he's holding up the card and like talking about like the, you know the, the 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 eye view through it uh-huh. you know uh, in, in, incredible fucking scene you know um yeah i mean mangrove it's just it's incredibly stirring um and i'm not surprised that it was the first one they showed of 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 the small axe films you know um yeah i i I've, I've, a stunning bit of work um it i i think again lovers rock it's a four out of five film i just i don't get why lovers rock is so lauded and mangrove is so not you know you got yeah. bed, kiddo. yeah um yeah so there we go um, right, two ticks, guys. Sorry. Um, Don, do you want me to go downstairs? <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. looking around for it. <laughs> okay. Um, I might. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna have to be quieter. Um. Right. What can I do here? Can I do anything? I don't know. Right. Okay. So. Um. Oh, that's a good thing with. God, what is the time? Oh, yeah, fair enough. We've been recording for a while. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a long show, isn't it? Fair play. Um, 
Okay, let's go then. Um, it is our bottom ten. Let's get this going. Bex, what you got? Right, so how? Wh- wh- let's round robin this one. One by one, or? Yeah, this one yeah. won it. Okay, so my number ten worst film of the year is the Tom Hanks movie Greyhound, purely for the fact that it's really fucking boring. Uh, it is though, isn't it? It's just such a non-fucking event. I I, I quite like it. So. It's crap. Fair enough. It's pointless and boring. So yeah, Greyhound. Fair enough. Oh, oh. Uh, my number 10 worst film of the year is The Varium. <laughs> Fair play. Oh, is that the Jesse Eisenberg Imogen yeah. Poots one? Yeah, I didn't get around to that one, did I? Yeah. yeah. Um, I expect better of you, Poots. Yeah, she was in mm. that Black Christmas bullshit. She does, I expect better of her. Um, get, just, just tear out your fucking ass and vary them. Yeah. Uh, my number 10 is D. Reese's The Last Thing He Wanted, which I honestly had to read the plot summary to remember whether i actually saw it or if i somehow <laughs> fake reviewed it on letterboxd <laughs> i on, honestly i have no memory of watching this film whatsoever that's gotta say something that, yeah that that has got to say something when something has as just no what <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, honestly no impression whatsoever like what did i say on letterboxd for it i'm gonna have to have a look now <laughs> um god even looking at the images on google images it looks really fucking forgettable it's a good cast as well though that's the thing you know um it was like Netflix picked it up like a year and a half before it came out so they obviously thought it was going to be something um Committed performances make a surprising slog of a plot a bit more bearable. Wasn't the biggest fan of Mudbound, but this is an appreciable step down. And, right. I, and I think, it, you know, it, I think it's interesting that unlike Ava DuVernay, D. Rees seems to have suddenly disappeared in uh, in 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 the um, uh, filmmaker talk. Uh, I, it, and, you know, like I say, I wasn't a big fan of Mudbound. I didn't hate it, but the last thing he wanted was just like, yeah, you, you kind of fucked up there, didn't you? So, yeah. Uh, number nine, Mark. Number nine. Apologies, Bex. Number nine. Uh, my number nine is Soul. Mm. Yeah, you really didn't like it. Yeah. I really didn't like it, no. I, I, I wanted better from them. I. I, I not a huge fan of Pixar, I don't make any secret of that, but I want to like most movies that I see. There's some that I go into thinking, I'm going to fucking hate this, even if it's great. But it's very, very minimal. Um, it's usually got a Judy Dench in it. Um, but it's soul, it's just, it's got it's got no heart to it, Like, and the end is such a cop-out, it's such a cowardly, lazy fucking cop-out, and it pissed me off because of that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my number nine worst movie of the year is Hillbilly Elegy. Um, just fuck off. Just oh, my life, my life did my story needs to be told. Don't mate. Don't not that great. Don't mate. Not that interesting really. Not interesting. And I think you take yourself in a bit of a nice light. The fact that you call it the Hillbilly Elegy clearly makes you think that you. You, you become better than what you were. Um, so yeah, but that can get to 
Yeah, that's my number nine worst movie. My number nine is Spencer Confidential. Mark, you're a fucking idiot. Moving on. Bex, what's your number eight? Probably, yeah. Um, my number eight is Hillbilly Allegheny. Is it? Yeah. Love you. For for much the same reason, it's just it's just so pointless. Yeah, that's It's just it's just it's it's pointless. It's kind of mean. It's just it's it's just crap. Like it even made Amy Adams shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I'm about eight now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's number eight now. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, <laughs> do little. Fair enough. Fuck off. <laughs> Not you fuck off, Ian, by the way. Do little fuck off. Um, fucking landed gentry starts to give a shit when he might lose his land. All right. Brilliant. Brilliant. Fuck off. Get to fuck. Yeah. Robert uh, Downey Jr., uh, I'm glad he sorted his life out, but there's a possibility he might have been a better actor when he was on cocaine. Um, my number eight is Antebellum. Um, just, God, they thought they were making Get Out. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Like, they so hard thought they were making Get Out. It just, you know, the fucking balls to just have like half an hour of that film basically be like her and her two friends just having conversations that literally lead to fucking nothing i yeah that no no antebellum no uh number seven bex uh my number seven is well i don't know kind of got brackets next to it so it's midnight sky oh yeah because it's just really fucking miserable but the brackets next to it are space section because that's okay. the shittiest bit like the stuff on the ground if it was just that if it was just basically george clooney's the road space road but he wasn't in space was he he was looking in space a lot yeah he was yeah but if it was just that i Perfectly engaging. I love the road. I would happily watch the road again. You just won't because it's too bleak. And we sit there and scream at the screen. Don't leave. Don't leave that big supply store of food. Why would you leave? You're safe there as well as the food. But apart from that, yeah, we'll definitely watch it again. We'll never watch this again because the segments that are set on the space station are fucking shite. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. No. 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 Uh, the Craft Legacy, uh, the sequel that nobody asked for at all. Nobody said 25 years later, ooh, wouldn't it be great if they made another craft movie? Uh, it's neither reboot nor sequel, um, and it seems like the only person they could get hold of from the original was Feruzi Balk, and that's why they decided she'd be Feruzi Balk's daughter. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just not very good. It's not, no. Um, and what I would say there is um, it's often labelled that uh, cinema, there isn't enough cinema aimed at the teen girl market. Mm. And that's why, um, for instance, uh, The Craft was so successful. 
because it was a movie about teen girls aimed at teen girls and teen girls went to see it. Um, And then just like modern teen girls, I'd like to deserve better, but as the father of a child that is a modern teen girl, they don't. They don't deserve better. Um, So yeah, so thank you fuckers for the craft legacy. (laughs) It's the movie you cunts deserve. Uh, Ian, what's your number seven? My number seven is Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> I thought I was maybe a bit, a bit harsh. I'm quite nah, nah, you know, it's a bad fucking film. It's two hours of a guy just, I don't know, having the... It's almost like that woman I was talking about earlier on who was like, she's saying a patriot, she's a patriot, and yet she was selling shit to the Russians. It's like Hillbilly Elegy. Look at these people. I can't fucking wait to get away from them. Yeah. You know, it, it's that level of whiplash, you know. Uh, like you say, it, may, it Amy Adams is fucking awful in this. Yeah. And that's, I don't think that's Amy Adams' fault. What the fuck did Ron Howard think he was doing? Quite frankly, thinking he had the right to, like, even try and paint this kind of community when... You know, he's been in Hollywood for fucking decades. You know, it, it's, yeah. you know, I don't know. If it was like an indie filmmaker, you know, if it was like a, an, almost like a Deborah Granick, like twisting the material and lending some authentic- authenticity or something like that, I'd be like, yeah, all right, then fair enough. But it's fucking Ron Howard. You know, I, it, it like, wow, we, um, yeah, it's a terrible fucking film. Um, Back to number six. Uh, my number six is Artemis Fowl. Oh, that's coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You saw five movies worse than that. Fuck you. Hang on, do I have a number five? Yeah, I do have a number five. Uh, yeah, Artemis Fowl. Gosh, yeah. Heck, does stuff, don't care. No, you're a prick. Uh, yeah, later on. Um, yeah. Number, uh, six, number, number six is The Witches. Um, <laughs> oh, if, wow, okay. Yeah. If Robert Zemeckis actually um, actually put as much effort into telling the story that already exists mm. and that there is already a movie of, so much effort at that as he did at the tech that he's used for it, mm. uh, we might actually have a fun movie. Anne Hathaway seems to be up for it, but Zemeckis doesn't seem to give a shit about actors because he's too busy going, look what I can do over here with this stuff. Watch, 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 watch what these computer guys can do over here with this. And it's like, do you know what? Just make a better movie. Mm-hmm. Just make a better movie. Or even, do you know what? Even a good movie. Because the last movie, good movie you made, Robert, had nothing to do with all of this tech. Mm. So, yeah, The Witches, it's just not very good. It would have, I think it would have been more in my disappointed by, I, I wasn't as offended by it as, as you were. <laughs> my number six is, um, literally came out on Sky Cinema this Friday. Um, they bought it from Studio Canal, who were going to give it a big screen release. This is Blythe Spirit. Um, oh. So... This is the Dan Stevens, Isla Fisher, Leslie Mann starring adaptation of the Noel Coward comedy. Dan Stevens. Um, 
like this is a film that has so little like just botheredness to it that there is a scene at the at the last scene of the film someone picks up a newspaper opens it up and there's literally no text inside it <laughs> sorry that's so that on Twitter. Wow. um it's fuck this film is embarrassing it is just shoddily made there is no energy to it whatsoever and when you've got those three people in a love triangle how the fuck does that happen yeah it's really really boring because you know i don't like isla fisher um but at least one thing she brings is energy yeah 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 i mean it just it's it's so fucking boring. I can't believe that this was going to be getting a cinema release. Um, awful fucking film. So yeah, Blythe Spirit. Number five, Bex. Uh, my number five is She Dies Tomorrow. Oh shit! Okay. You really did like that, did you? I fucking hated it. Fair enough. There's some there's some nice imagery in it, but I liked it. Yeah, well, you're an idiot, aren't you? So yeah, there's some nice imagery, but it has really nothing else for me. I disagree with you, but fair enough. What have you got, Mark? Number five. Um, five is it? Is one of five? Oh, five. Five. Uh, Brahms the Boy Two. <laughs> oh come on now, that was fun. It wasn't. It was <laughs> boring. It was really, really boring. Just but it, really. But, really boring but it completely upended what the whole first film was actually about and went now nah, all right fuck it. it is about a possessed doll but even that one was boring too yeah so yeah just no just just, <laughs> nah, just fair enough all right stop making boring movies and the fact that they didn't even cut the boy too they tried to call it brahms the boy too mm. well the first one called brahms then Brahms is the actual boy, isn't it? I don't know. Makes no sense. No, it it's like the fucking Rambo movies. Seen Duffy's Duffy's calling on the walls. Is that that? Where he's in the walls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the boy. Yeah. 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 That's what I was just making sure I'm moving right God, that was one of the last pre-lockdown reviews that we did as well. Wow. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What? Number uh, five. My number five is The Devil All The Time. Um, really, really fucking talented cast. And they're all basically serving a master who just wants to shock for a couple of hours. Yeah. Like, there's no real intelligence to it. There's no real nuance. It's just someone getting a bunch of really famous people together and smashing them together. I thought it was just really fucking childish. Nah, fuck that film. Um, Back to your number four. Uh, my number four is Doolittle. So, yeah. Largely because I like the story of Dr. Doolittle. I think it's quite, like... Eddie Murphy made a good version of it. I think it's quite an intriguing story. I think it's quite, like, magical. And it, this film just sucked all of that out of it and just made 
a movie about the landed gentry wanting to protect his land. And it it just it, it was it was just he looked cheap as well. Not only that, he's a man who can use his special power to essentially turn animals into slaves. He did do that. Yes. Yeah, he did yeah. do that. But, you know, pits a silverback gorilla with um, who he knows um, has you know some neurosis and anxiety just so he can make himself feel better about him by constantly beating him a chess. Yeah. What a prick. Yeah. Yeah, so do little. Man number four is I feel almost mean about this, but I have a justifiable reason for it because this movie is in no way meant for for me or anything like that, or even a person of my age or disposition uh, and it's Trolls World Tour um, but the reason why I think I'm justified in putting it in, in spite of all of the things I've just said is it literally paints oh fun, cheesy boppy pop, oh that's all good and, and then rock metal is evil mm. and it's like oh fuck off really? Mm. Really? Ah, oh, just get to fucking fuck. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Trolls World Tour, it, it's just... It just... Painful to watch. It is quite painful, yeah. Yeah. Ian, what's your number four? My number four is the... Oh, fuck off, Award of the Year winner. I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> I can't believe I'm the only one who likes this. Um, no, I mean, to be fair, Jordan is uh, going to be piping up in the, the Twitters later on, and he joins you, and so do many other people. But to be honest, Charlie Kaufman, right? Buddy, l- listen to Papa Ian for a second, right? Y- you know, you've, you've written quite a few films now, and you probably have quite a lot of royalties. You're probably doing all right for yourself. Why not just enjoy life stop thinking about things you know like you, you've you've done well you've said your piece that's absolutely fine mate right just just fuck off and just enjoy life you know i tell you what if you want some angst yeah i'll, I'll take your royalties you know you you know you you be penniless or whatever that's fine you know and then if you want to fucking write about this fucking bullshit that you want to write about for a couple of hours, then that's, 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 that's all good. That's all good. But I just fucking cheer up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Back to your number three. My number three is Trolls World Tour. Okay. The new, um, my and it just felt really mean spirited all the way through it it just felt like like snarky and i don't think that's what kids movies need i don't think that's the kind of input that children need into their brains so it fails as a children's movie as a wholesome children's movie yeah that's fair because like i've i've not seen the first one we haven't watched that, have we? I don't think so. Well, you, you said the first one's quite sweet, didn't you, Ian? I quite like the first one, yeah. This one is not. It's No, it's not. it's not. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Artemis Fowl. Fuck off, you precocious little cunt. 
game of the day. Yeah, he is. Uh, he just, is. Just, just, just Disney Plus put it on there so they didn't have to release it in the cinema because they knew it was an absolute turd. Oh, oh. God, yeah. They, they, they were able to save some face with that one for fucking sure. They, they, they didn't even consider putting it on for fucking rent or anything like that. <laughs> and saving it for like a special occasion. It was just... It was just, just stick it on, stick it on. Or should we have a test? Just stick it on, just stick it on. Don't fucking tell anyone. Just bury it. Just, just put it on. Bury it in the algorithm. And if, if, if anyone ever mentions it, go, ah, mid-2006, that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. What's your, what's your number three, My number three is The Craft Legacy, a film that I will only remember for David Coffney's incredible low energy performance um <laughs> where half the budget was half the budget was spent on cgi out the donuts that he was just hand grabbing while talking oh god yeah i mean just that climactic scene where he's just fucking mumbling through all this like no oh, i've got your power and, and now i'm gonna eat the stone up and then I'm going to, I don't know, do I need to put my hand in front of me and go, nah, or something like that, do I? I don't, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. To, to it, tell me that that film was called The Craft Services. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's very good. Um, I mean, Jason, mate, I got my Jason Funko by me. It wasn't your finest hour, but I can't believe that it's actually called Blumhouse's The Craft Legacy. What are you trying to do, bud? He doesn't have an answer for me. He doesn't, no. Uh, Bex, number, uh, you're number two. My number two is The Craft Legacy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we universally hated that film, didn't we? Apparently. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they could have done something good with it. They could have done something interesting with it, and they just fucking didn't. And uh, even the bits they tried to copy from, like, the first one, just aren't done as well. Like it's not got any atmosphere whatsoever. No, it's just naff. It's just flat and naff and shit. It is. So yeah. Yeah. What? You. My number two. Yeah. I'm thinking of ending things. <laughs> How I felt <laughs> watching the entire movie. <laughs> yep. It's good. Is it? Because I've like the good bit um yeah and, and i said it's just it, 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 i just I, charlie kaufman is not for me is what i will say on that um he might be for the people and that is fucking cool um and you can go and do that and i will sit and watch Spencer confidential of being an idiot and i prefer that because i think i will be happier but when i asked you to to find eternal sunshine the spotless mind for me for, for me the other day you were like oh no watch that again with you yeah, but but you I, just want to watch it so you can know no because no, no, everyone always goes on about how brilliant it is, it is and I didn't think it was very good and then one goes on about how, how good adaptation is and I, I don't think it's that good I, I just I just don't think my ears tuned to what he's saying um, you're not I, picking up the frequency I, no and I wish he'd, he'd, he'd kind of stop saying it yeah Yeah. so yeah that was, that's my number two what's your number two Ian? my number two is Artemis Fowl um, <laughs> I mean what a piece of fucking shit, eh? I, I, it's... It is. I, yeah, I mean, it's so fucking boring. Um, the franchise starting aspect of it is insane. Um, and yeah, I just... 
what a fucking waste of time and effort for everyone involved. Like, what's the end result? We're going to dump it out on Disney Plus. You know, like, I mean, obviously COVID and whatnot. But if Kenneth, if Kenneth Branagh rewinds a couple of years and he's like, how how's this going to turn out? Everyone's going to hate it, Ken. It's going to be dumped out on Disney Plus. All right, I think I might give it a miss then. You know, I just I I wish that had happened. It doesn't feel like it was made with any love or care. It just, it, it yeah. I mean, it, it it's pretty fucking rancid to be honest. But it would have been my number one. But my number one is the only film of this year that made me actively angry. So, and fucking hell i'm thinking of ending things didn't do that because it made me sleepy (laughs) bex your worst film of the year so my worst film of the year i think is duplicated so my worst film of the year is borat oh wow okay really really hated it it i don't know it's it's just What? It's just I don't know. It just it, it left me with like a real dirty feeling in my brain. Like I've, I've done myself a disservice by watching it. Yeah. What's your number one? Borat. Yeah, well, that's why I was nudging you. Yeah. So we could co-slag it off. Uh, Borat. Um, never before as a movie thought it was the movie we need right now mm. when actually it's not the movie we need right now at fucking all. It was. It thinks it's like shining a light on on these things when in reality it's just kind of joining in. Yeah, it, it is. It's joining in. That's the problem. Mm. Um, and it and we've been proved right about this because a week ago, well, a week and a half ago, right, a group of idiots dressed as twats filmed themselves committing a genuine act of terrorism. And then were surprised when they got arrested afterwards. Mm. So yeah, you're not you're not shining a light on the problem. You're essentially giving them ideas. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, it was just it yeah, it's I I just Sasha Baron Cohen is clearly a good actor and a very smart man. Mm. But. He also clearly likes going back to the well every so often. I just find it really... I said it at the time. He can't release stuff like Trial Chicago 7 and want to be that guy mm-hmm. while simultaneously keeping this bullshit going. But, but I, I think he thinks this is as poignant as Trial Chicago 7 and it's not. It's it's just crass. It is crass, yeah. There's some There's some bits in there that are just like... It didn't fucking need that. That bit of the dead ball. Yeah. Didn't need that. No. It was just. It was just like. Really. Go the fuck off. Yeah. 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 It made me really angry whilst watching it, and then angrier on thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your worst film of the year? I was going to say, weirdly, I think that film is now more likely to be forgotten because um, because Biden won um yeah like now it won't be so much of a protest it will just be like yeah all right that happened Mm. um but yeah um number one um it's you know it's a film that did come out pre-lockdown but my hatred for it has burned 
all the way through these 12 months or so. I double billed it with Personal History of David Copperfield, which is a fucking lovely film. Yeah. Lovely film. I'm so glad I saw that one first. And then I got some lunch. And then I saw The Grudge. Um, <laughs> which... It's a fucking... It's a hateful film. I, 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 I genuinely as well forgot about The Grudge. That yeah. is why it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have been my number one worst, but it definitely would have been my worst ten. It just, it doesn't really want want to scare that much. It just wants to go. I'm gonna make you feel fucking miserable. Like that. That my aim here is to just make you feel horrible. You know that whole fucking bit with John Show, and it's like, wasn't it just like his wife's just lost a baby or something, and then the the grudge happens to them and it, it's yeah or it's like it possesses him and then he kills her or something it's something like it, it's yeah. there's him and he kills her yeah yeah it just and it's, you know especially with what 2020 had in store it was kind of the film to tee up 2020 to be honest um <laughs> just this fucking rancid hateful pointless like and i mean i didn't like possessor all that much but andrea riseborough doing the grudge and then doing possessor like i i i don't know i like i i her is she choosing these things does she need to get a better agent i i i, I don't know but yeah, I, I mean, it's so weird because, like, a few years back, she was one of the leads in a Tom Cruise action movie, and now she's in The Grudge. You know, it, it, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I fucking hated it with every single fibre of my being. It, it's just. It's. But the, the thing is, it's not one of those. Oh, dude, we're being nihilistic because we, we're edgy. It's like. The, the, Nicholas Pesci, the writer director, is like, no, I want you to fucking wallow in this. Mm. You know, I want, like, I want you to be fucking miserable. It's not edgy in any way or nihilistic. No, it's just, it's just unpleasant. No, I mean that, yeah, unpleasant. Yeah, it's perfect. And it's just like, I don't understand why anyone would actually want to see that. Mm. I just to just to interrupt for a second because I was I, I couldn't remember the the plot point with um the real estate agents. So they learn that their child is going to be born with a genetic disorder, and they're agonising over whether to keep it or not. They have a phone conversation while he's at the haunted house. Decide to keep the child and are all very happy about it. He then gets possessed and goes back and kills her and their unborn child. Just- yeah. How fucking no. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's misery for the sake of misery, isn't it? Like, what is that? What is that trying to say? Look how look how edgy we can be. Yeah, apart, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're trying to be edgy, you're not being. We edgy. don't even mind killing babies. Look how edgy we are. It, 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 yeah, I just and I, you know, I get it's like 
we're trying to show real problems in a horror film. It's like, no. No, horror is still supposed to be a little bit of escapism, I think. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, the one, the one fucking thing that I can recommend of it is the final shot. I think that's interesting, where the grudge comes back for Andrea Riseborough. I, I don't know what it's called. I'm just going to call it the grudge. It comes back for uh, Andrea Riseborough, and then it cuts to outside. And there's no score. It's just like birds oh, okay. chirping and whatnot. And then the credits start. And I thought that was interesting. It's a bit of a, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah, 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 exactly. I thought that was an interesting flourish. But then the credits started. It was like, oh, thank fuck. That was the best shot of the film. And now I can go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, awful, awful, awful fucking film awful film i mean i seriously i think nick it's the kind of thing that i think nicholas pesci is going to what like go back and watch one day and be be ashamed of himself for doing that shit like it, it's it's not it's not big and it's not clever and you you weren't what were you actually trying to say i so let's just say that again sorry just to let's just say that again they're having a debate about whether to keep their unborn kid because it's got a genetic disorder. Mm-hmm. They then decide to keep it. He then gets possessed and then goes back to the house and just kills her and the unborn kid. That's it, yeah. Like, why? Yeah, it's rancid, that, that is. That's just... Nah. Anyway, um, on to better things. Bex, what's your number one of the year? So my number one of the year, due to a quirk of timing, is Queen and Slim. Um, hmm. We've witted a lot, haven't we, me and you, about how much we love this film. I just, I think the timing of its release probably feeds into how powerful it feels. Um, I think possibly, Ian, you, you didn't get to see it at the cinema, did you? So no, no, no. the moment had possibly passed a little bit for it to have that kind of effect. Um, but it, it just really did for, for us. And I, I, like like you said, Mark, I think the, the fact that nobody is talking about the two central performances in that is mind-blowing. Yeah, because uh, Daniel Kalu is, is, is fantastic, isn't it? He is, yeah. Um, and they've just they've got such great chemistry and you know it, when relationships in in um, movies are portrayed as being like overly kind of like over the top like overly lovey dovey or whatever or, or it it just doesn't feel real but these two like with their bickering and uh, just kind of like they're arguing and just they they just they're just like normal people starting. A relationship under really fucking weird circumstances. Um, her uncle and his little setup, his weird setup that he's got, is is really well done. Um, the betrayal at the end is heartbreaking, and it's it, it's it kind of leaves you with a they were never gonna win this mm. kind of feeling. And as as bleak as that is, the journey that you've been on with them isn't. It's it's really uplifting. Yeah. And at least they had that before that happened. Mm. Yeah, it, it's the the whole of well, their legend became something different. Yeah, and which it, is why they, they why their their names are completely different. 
Yeah. They never referred to as Queen Slim at all in the movie. No. But they came they became this talisman. Mm. And a force for change, posthumously. Yes. But yeah. That's me done. Very good. Very nice one. And uh Mark, your number one, please, sir. My number one, because I've watched it more recently than Tenet, um, <laughs> is uh, Promising Young Woman. Um, I think it was very much tuned in that I was going to like this a lot. Um, <laughs> and I did really like it a lot. Uh, but I didn't expect to laugh at it as much as I did. Mm. Um, the the scene with Connie Britton is one of my scenes of the, of, of the year. Just the sheer glee that... Uh, Kerry Mulligan seems to be taking with just completely fucking with uh, Connie Britton's character whilst also causing no harm whatsoever to her daughter so keeping the moral high ground as well um, is, is is one of my highlights of the year um, the I think like you said I think Ian when we talked about it last week um, it, it, it treads such a fine line for me it, it it stays on the right side of that line throughout. Uh, I think if it wavers for you a little bit, I can see why people could not get on with it as well. Um, but it, it's very much tuned in to, to the type of movie that I that I really, really um, that really gets me and gets me interested and in, in, in rocking there. And you know, you've got to admit, fucking um, what's the name? Uh, they the Paris Hilton song. It, it, it's a banger. It oh, well, it, it was on the end of last week's show, sir. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a banger. So, and I, I like the fact that Paris Hilton has commented on the use of that mm. song in the film, uh, and has kind of thanked what is it on Twitter and said that she really liked the movie, and you know, thanks for thanks for having my song be a part of it. Um, I'm glad you know people are starting to appreciate it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's fantastic. Uh, Ian, I think I know, but what is your number one? What's my number one, Mark? I think it's another round, isn't it? It is another round. Um, yeah, I fucking love another round. Um, it's a film which I like my shades of grey, you see. And this film, I was really fucking worried that even it towards the end, I was worried, like, God, is it just going to be like alcohol's bad? Don't do, you know, don't have alcohol. Don't have that method of like release or anything. No, no. You know, as you guys said earlier on, you know, it's if it goes too far, then it can be fucking awful. But if it doesn't go too far, you're Mads Mikkelsen doing jazz dancing. You know, um, it's funny. It's eye opening. You know, it is disturbing, but, you know, it, it's very, very entertaining. Um, I think it's a really, really fucking brave bit of work. Um, and knowing the context behind the making of the film, where, like, Thomas Vinterberg's kid, like, died just before they started filming mm. but she'd read the screenplay and said like this is one of the best things you've ever written and he just felt like he had to make it and the 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 actors were were like 
basically try go going more for him and you know trying to amp up the crazy because they wanted to put a smile on his face um it, it very that, that that that's very powerful as well um and yeah it just it's Vinterberg is a master filmmaker. I've talked about The Hunt several times on the show as being a, an incredible film I'll never, ever watch again. Another Round is an incredible film. I think I will probably watch plenty again. Um, yeah, I, 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 can see, I can see watching it again. It's, it, yeah. 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 It, it, it's, it manages to be fun whilst also giving you its message over really quite well, but it's yeah. not a telling off. No, it's no that I mean that's the thing. It's it's not a telling off. It's a telling off of certain characters in the film. Um, but you know, there's the um, it's it's interesting. Um, so you know, really spoilers for another round. You know, one character dies, one character falls out with his wife, but he may be getting back with her by the end. Um one character has a bit of a falling out with his wife and kind of like pisses the bed and whatnot, but he's generally all right. And the other character, he just kind of pisses the bed. Sorry. He's been moaning about his kids pissing all over him throughout the rest of the film. And then he comes yeah. and pisses the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> it's the fact as well that everyone gets really annoyed with him, including the kids get annoyed yeah. with him. <laughs> and, and then the, the other guy's just kind of all right. And he like, it, it's, yeah. That that that's that's the thing. It, it it's alcohol affects different people in different ways, and so it affects these guys in different ways as well. You know, it it, it it's not hectoring, it's not lecturing. It, it is shades of grey. It's what the film needs to be more of. And quite frankly, in a way, I'm kind of glad that its release got disturbed because we didn't have all the fucking think pieces tearing themselves in pieces. Of I really liked this film, but it, it, it seems to say that alcohol isn't all bad oh what am i to do you Which know i've seen a little bit about around about it uh, a little bit but yeah. not a lot but also as well i think because it's a foreign language movie i think people will view it slightly differently yeah yeah i mean it's scandy so it can be more provocative and ask yeah. more questions if, if if let's say this was a fucking a US release mm. and it was let's say random four actors. Let's say you had fucking Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Casey Affleck and fucking Jake Gyllenhaal in the lead roles. It'd be well this is fucking terrible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Culture. To be fair, the fact that it's set in Denmark where they have a incredibly robust drinking culture. Well, that, that's it. And the weird, the weird thing is, well, is you have an incredibly robust drinking culture, but then you have Sweden next door, which has apparently from what I understand, uh, from a couple of Swedish people I know, they, they have virtually no drinking culture whatsoever. They only drink at uh, special occasions. Well, let's avoid Sweden. Um, then, eh? That's why alcohol's so expensive over there. Mm. Um, because you're saying it's going to move to Denmark, not yeah, Sweden. Denmark, not Sweden. Okay. Denmark, not Sweden. That's fair. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Sue. That is that. Let's do some Twitter stuff real quick, but then I'm sure um, listeners will probably want us to fuck off as much as you guys are probably hungry. So, George, uh, best of the year. 
Yes. And think of <laughs> His worst is Artemis Fowl. His biggest surprise is The Invisible Man. And his biggest disappointment is 1917. Nineteen uh, seventeen wasn't twenty twenty. It was. Yeah. Was it? I fucking known that. Uh, it? Oh, we Ned, watched it before the show, didn't we? Yeah. Ned Plimpton, uh, I, I, I think is Marcus, a, a long-term listener uh, who is back on. Has asked him to check out emails. We, we will. And we will come back next week when we can get into whatever you have emailed us. Thank, uh, thank you for emailing us. Um, we'll get into that next week. Yeah, he has tweeted saying, yes, you're being a bit oversensitive, Ian, though I understand your sentiment. Yeah, we will get to that next week. I promise we will. Uh, it's just I think we can get more into it if we get to it next week. Yeah, it's fair. Um, uh, and we have a question. Um, Rick Kidd um, says... I've been watching a few Cary Grant films lately. Uh, which star from Hollywood's Golden Age would you resurrect to star in a film of which modern director would you like to see them work with? Well, we were whisper discussing this, weren't we, during our break? Yeah, we were. Um, my answer to the, the actor question would always be Jimmy Stewart. I adore Jimmy Stewart in everything that I've seen him in. Um, even the one with the big imaginary rabbit. It, it, it's just, great. it is fucking great, it's Harvey. Um, but I was a bit stuck on the director, and then you suggested pretty much the perfect, perfect match, because obviously he's, he's very, very American. He's very like old school American, isn't it? And the I, I think we think that in a David Lynch directed movie about some kind of dark, twisted underbelly of Americana, we think that it works, don't we? Yeah. It's a joint effort on mine. Uh, and I, I didn't actually think of mine yet. Have you, have you got one of you? I want Jack Lemmon to be in a Paul Thomas Anderson film and it be the most funny, sad thing ever. That's a fucking brilliant shout. Fuck, that's good. Uh... Can I have James Dean in a Todd Phillips comedy? <laughs> Fucking hell, nice. Way to lower the tone, Mark. Well, I figured, right, that that in my top ten I had two foreign language films and there wasn't any, like, there was no film in there that you all looked at me and went, really, <laughs> about... So uh, I, I need to, need to, I need to release it somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what I go for. Just because it, I think it piss people off. Yeah. And that's kind of what I like. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was that was it for questions that we got there. Um, can I just say as well, uh, Ned Plimpton, the um, Marcus. Um, I just checked the film bastards email. I couldn't see an email. Mark, did you say? Did you say you said you sent an email? He did say, "Can you check your email, please, gents?" Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, you might want to send it again, mate. Sorry. Um, cool. Okay. So there we go. That's the review of the year done. Uh, next year. Uh, next year. Next week. Uh, I believe we'll be reviewing the Anthony Mackie Netflix film Outside the Wire. Yep. Don't think there's anything else big out that I'm missing. Um. But I is sorry. There, there may okay. 
fuck it we'll we'll talk about it when we get there um very mindful of the fact you two haven't eaten yet so thank you very much for listening folks we are podsyndicate.com rewatch project his film her movie uh chinstroker versus punter uh entertainment landfill what's on tap uh fuck me uh the bonus podcast film rant um i'm sorry if i missed anyone and uh good night thank you very much for listening what a life what a night what a beautiful beautiful ride don't know where i'm in five but i'm young and alive fuck what they are saying what a life i am so thrilled right now cause i'm popping right now don't wanna worry about a thing but it makes me terrified to be on the other side how long before i go insane I am so thrilled right now Cause I'm popping right now Don't wanna worry about a thing But it makes me terrified To be on the other side How long before I go insane What a life What a night What a beautiful, beautiful ride Part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.